ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம் நமோ பகவதே வாசுதேவாய ஓம ஜானதிமிராந்தஞ்சனலாக்கையாச்சுன்மேலிதம் ஏன தஸ்மை ஸ்ரீகுரவே நம ஸ்ரீச்சைத்தன்யமனோபீஷ்டம்ஸ்தாபிதம்யனூத்தலேயம் ததாதிஸ்வதாந்திக்கம் வந்தேஹம் ஸ்ரீகுரோஸ்ரீயுதபதமலம் ஸ்ரீகுருன்வைஷ்ணவாம் சாகிரஜாத்தம் சகணரகுநாத்தன்விதம் தம் சஜீவம் சாத்வைத்தம் சாவதூத்தம் பரிஜனசிதம் கிருஷ்ணச்சைத்தன்யதேவம் ஸ்ரீராதாகிருஷ்ணபாதான் சகணலிதாஸ்ரீவிஷாஹன்விதாஸ்ேகிருஷ்ணகருணாசிந்தோதீனபந்தோஜகத்பதேபேஷோபிகாந்தராதாந்தனமோஸ்துபானுசுதே
Asurya. So repeat after me each word. Nama. Te. Lokaha. We are looking at this. The word to word section. Not the verse itself. The word to word section here. <clears throat> Andhena. Tamasa. Avritaha. Tan te pretya abhigachanti ye ke cha atmahanah sorry atmahanah janah all right line to line asuryanam te lokam Andhena tamasavrita Tamste pretya bhigachanti Yeke chatmahano janah Asuryanamate loka Andhena tamasavrita Tamste pretya bhigachanti Yeke Chatmahano Janah Asuryanamate Loka Andhena Tamasavrita Tamste Pretya Bhigachanti Yeke Chatmahano Janah Word to word Asuryaha meant for the asuras nama famous by the name te those lokaha planets andhena by ignorance tamasa by darkness avrita covered tan those planets te de pretya after death abhigachanti enter into ye anyone ke everyone Cha and Atmahana, the killers of the soul, Janah, persons. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, the killer of the soul, whoever he may be, must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless, full of darkness and ignorance. Please repeat, the killer of the soul, whoever he may be, must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless full of darkness and ignorance. Okay, we will map the English to the Sanskrit. Asurya Namate Loka Planets known as the worlds of the faithless. Loka means uh, planets, Asurya Nama means the, the um, famous by the name Asura. So, meant for the Asura, Asurya means meant for the Asura, Asuras. So, Nama famous by the name, Te Loka. So, planets known as the worlds of the faithless is the first line. Andhena Tamasavritaha, covered by ignorance and darkness. You see, full. Avrita means to be covered. And tamasavrita, andhena, tamasavrita, andhena means by 
darkness. So Krishnaena, I, I hope you remember the verse, Mukundamala Stotra, 43rd verse. Krishnaena, Akhila Shatravo Vinehata. Krishnaena means by Krishna. So Andhena means by. Uh, uh, Andha means darkness. <coughs> Ignorance, sorry. Tamasa, darkness, same thing. So Andhena Tamasa Vrata. Tamste Pretyabhigachanti. So they, Pretya means after death. Abhigachanti, go. After death, they go there. So, you see, after death is not mentioned here in the translation. But if you see in the word to word, Pretya means after death. So, he must enter into the planets. Must enter is Pretya Abhigachanti. Enter into Abhigachanti. Gachanti means to go. Abhigachanti means to enter into. There is also a, part, a, a version of going, but especially entering into. So, must enter into the planets known as the world of the faithless. It's already in the first line. Tamste Pretyabhigachanti. Yeke Chatma Hano Jana. Atmahana means one who is killer of the soul. So, that is here. The killer of the soul, whoever he may be. That is. Cha Atma Cha Atma Hano Hanaha Janaha. Janaha means people. So the people who are the killers of the souls, um, they go to the darkest planets or the planets of the atheists where they are punished. So how can a soul be killed first of all? What is this killer of the soul? So of course the soul cannot be killed, but the um, whenever it can be both two, two things, um, killing of the body, that means why is it called killing of the soul then? So whenever we jeopardize the progress of a particular soul in its natural course of evolution, evolution don't think in terms of Darwin, that is, that is not the correct understanding of evolution. Evolution means, Darwin says, okay, from monkey, man came, you know, one form of life adapted and changed into another and morphed into another. So that's not how we understand from Vedas. There is an evolution but not of the body but the consciousness of the soul. So, um, or the covering of the consciousness is gradually removed. So that is the evolution. That means all the 8.4 million uh, life forms, the species, have always been in existence. Now the soul passes through one body to the next higher body, to the next higher body, to the next higher body. How you know higher or lower? It's how much we are covered or uncovered by the three modes. The more one is covered by the ignorance, the more one is lower down in the scale of the species. Hmm. I think maybe we can go through this Srimad Bhagavatam verses to get an idea. In the 5th canto, 5th chapter, 21st verse, if I am not wrong, 21st and 22nd verses. Here we have 5.5.21 and 22. Bhuteshu virudhya udattamaye sarish, saris prisha, sorry, saris ripasteshu sabodhanishthaha tato manushyaha pramathas tatopi gandharva siddha vibudhanugaye devasurebhyo maghavat pradhana 
दक्षादयो ब्रह्म सुतास्तुतेशाम भव पर सोथ विरिंच वीर्यह समत्परोहम द्विजदेवदेवह Of the two energies manifest, spirit and dull matter, beings possessing living force, vegetables, grass, trees and plants are superior to dull matter, stone, earth etc. Superior to non-moving plants and vegetables are worms and snakes which can move. Superior to worms and snakes are animals that have developed, developed intelligence. Superior to animals are human beings, superior to human beings are ghosts. because they have no material bodies especially gross bodies they have subtle bodies though superior to ghosts are the gandharvas and superior to them are the siddhas superior to the siddhas are the kinaras and superior to them are the asuras superior to the asuras are the demigods or devatas and of the demigods indra the king of heaven is supreme superior to indra are the direct sons of lord brahma sons like king daksha and supreme among brahma's sons is lord shiva Since Lord Shiva is the son of Lord Brahma, Brahma is considered superior, but Brahma is also subordinate to me, the supreme personality of Godhead, because I am inclined to the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas are the best of all. So these are the gradations of living entities. Think that a similar description is also in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the Madhya Lila, chapter nineteen. I guess it's one hundred and forty-four, if I'm not wrong. Let's see. Maybe forty-five. Hmm. You see, forty, forty-four. So, Chaitanya Charita Amrita, nineteen dot one hundred and forty-four. The unlimited living entities can be divided into two divisions: those that can move and those that cannot move. Among living entities that can move, there are birds, aquatics, and animals. Next, although the living entities known as human beings are very small in quantity, that division may be still further subdivided, for there are many uncultured human beings like Mlechas, Pulindas, Baudhas, and Shabaras. So here, there's a different focus on the division. In the earlier division in the Bhagavatam, we have the exact species. and then the human beings and then the higher human beings which are the demigods and different versions of the sub demigods the ghosts the gandharvas kinaras siddhas charanas and asuras devas and uh, in the, i mean brahma's sons and brahma and then the supreme personality of godhead and finally of course he he put the brahmanas even above him here there's a little bit different among the human species there is more division here Although the living entities known as human beings are very small in quantity, that division may be still further subdivided. For there are many uncultured human beings like Mlechas, Pulindas, Baudhas, and Shabaras. So Mlechas are the <coughs> they are uh, those who are below Vedic standards, especially um, where Pulindas, like for example, Pulindas are Greeks, Baudhas are the Buddhists, because they don't follow the Vedic scriptures. Baudhas, um, what is that? Vedana Maniya, Baudha Oita Nastik. <coughs> so Buddhists are atheists because they don't believe in God. <coughs> because Buddha himself rejected the Vedas. Once we reject the Ved of, uh, I mean the word of God, it's as good as rejecting God himself because there's no difference between God and His word. So Pulindas, Baudhas, and Shabaras. Shabaras, um, actually they are tribals. So the Shabari, you know, the the famous uh, devotee of Lord Ramachandra. 
So Shabras are actually the, the tribals like the aborigines. So these classes of people are uncultured human beings. So even as among human beings, in the modern terms it is um, classified as races, race of human beings. But in Vedic uh, standard, they are all different species of human beings. So when we say Varna Sankara, Varna Sankara means when there is intermixing between different species, which is very common nowadays. Inter, interracial marriages and interracial. So, this is called Varna Sankara. Of course, um, it also means, um, actually Sankara means mix. mix. So, when there is a mixture, you know, then that is Sankara. Like even Prabhupada explained that Shankaracharya was a son of uh, what? In fact, even in the mixture, there is um, Anuloma and Pratiloma marriages. These, these are all very technical. Anuloma means where the husband is of a higher caste and the woman is of a lower caste. And Pratiloma is where the husband is of a lower caste and the, the, the wife is of a higher caste. So usually, even if there is a mixture between marriages in the, in the caste, caste means again not by birth, by, by quality, but usually in the past, by birth, it used to be by quality also because a Brahmana's son, for example, he would be trained in, a, in the Brahmanical way and it used to be always be that even though it's from birth, they used to have those qualities eventually. Although there are exceptions in the Vedas where there is, you know, like Parshuram, he he is the son of a Brahmana, but then he became Kshatriya. So like that. Or even Krishna also first when he came, he behaved as a Vaishya, as a as a you know, uh, in the Vaishya community, agriculturists and cow protection. So, and then later on, assume the role of Akshatriya. So, in this way, um, there have been um, instances where people have been born in one Varna and then they actually belong to another Varna because of their qualities. But usually, for example, we see in history that the father is the king and then the son becomes the next king and then his son becomes the next king. So, this was not exactly nepotism, but they, they actually possessed um, Kshatriya qualities because of which they could lead the, the kingdom next. So, they had that in their blood, not only in their blood, but also in their training. To have in the blood is not enough. They should have the training as well. So, like for example, even Hiranyakashipu, he was a son of a Brahmana. Even Ravana was a son of a Brahmana. But then they went on to become Kshatriyas. Of course, the demons. <laughs> but, you know, so this is... Um, so, these things are there. There's a, there's a whole big science. So, Sankara is a, is a mixture. And Suta Goswami. Suta Goswami, Suta means uh, one whose father is of a lower caste and mother is of higher caste. So, that is like a, a Pratiloma marriage. Usually, Anuloma, even if there is mixture, Anuloma is uh, preferred over Pratiloma. Uh, but then, you know, uh, sometimes... With the association of a pure devotee, anything can happen. Even the worst fallen soul can be delivered, like the Mirgari, who was completely a tribal and, you know, like a completely fallen soul. But he was delivered because of the uh, mercy of Narad Muni. So, these things can happen. Um, <clears throat> there is another verse, which we will go to uh, after this is, after this few verses, which explain the, the gradations of human beings. So, 
we have the uncultured human beings and yeah i was mentioning about shankaracharya shankaracharya's um father and mother also was not were not of the same caste i i forgot whether the father is of a brahmana and mother is of a shudra or the other way around i forgot so but yeah this is the difference <clears throat> so prabhupad was mentioning that in one of his lectures but i forgot the details so now next verse among human beings now uncultured are a few among human beings those who are followers of the vedic principles are considered civilized so the uncultured they don't follow all the men people mention like the mlechas pulindas uh, yavanas shabaras all these people they don't they are below vedic culture they don't even follow the vedic civilization but those who follow those who are followers of the vedic principles are considered civilized among these almost half simply give lip service while committing all kinds of sinful activities against these principles you see again how there is gradation they they follow the vedic civilization but they offer lip service they don't really follow they just say and they don't follow hmm. such people do not care for the regulative principles then among the followers of vedic knowledge now who actually follow not the lip service people most are following the process of fruitive activity and distinguishing between good and bad work so for those who actually follow like vedavadaratah partha they are into all this karmakanda yagyas and all that they want to go to the heavenly planets so this is their interest their interest is just to be in the material world in a better in a better situation in the material world so those kind of people are the majority of the followers of vedic literature out of many such sincere fruitive actors there may be one who is actually wise manushyanam sahasreshu kaschit yatati siddhaye yatatam api siddhanam kaschin vettimam tatvatah one in a million is a devotee but here we not we have not come to the point of devotee yet wise only wise means who understands that he is not the body and he he is a soul he has nothing to do with this material world that person is called a gyani he has knowledge is it's not that he has ultimate knowledge his transcendental knowledge has begun even he is called a gyani if if one's transcendental knowledge has begun out of many millions of such wise men one may actually become liberated mukta and out of many millions of such liberated persons a pure devotee of lord krishna is very difficult to find see this koti gyani madhye hoy ek jan mukta koti mukta madhye durlabh ek krishna bhakta now because the devotee of krishna is desireless he is peaceful fruitive workers desire material enjoyment gyanis desire liberation and yogis desire material opulence therefore they are all lusty and cannot be peaceful krishna bhakta nishkam ataiva shanta bhukti mukti siddhikami sakaliya shanta so this is a very famous verse prabhupad many times quoted it so a pure devotee and among pure devotees among pure devotees there is also more more gradation what is that gradation this is from the nectar of instruction karmibhyah parito hare priyataya vyaktim yayurgnyaninas tebhyo gyana vimukta bhakti parama premai kanishthastata 
तेभ्यस्ता पशुपाल पंकज दृशस्ताभ्योपि साराधिका प्रेष्ठा तदीय तदीय सरसी ुअलीचुअली attained prema pure love of krishna is superior to him now until here we have already read in the previous verses in the chaitanya charitamritam now the gopis are exalted above all the advanced devotees because they are always totally dependent upon shri krishna the transcendental cowherd boy among the gopis the shrimati radharani is the most dear to krishna her kunda lake radha kund is as profoundly dear to lord krishna as this most beloved of the gopis who will then not reside at radha kund and in a spiritual body is charged with ecstatic devotional feelings a prakrita bhava render loving service to the divine couple shri shri radha govinda who perform their ashtakaliya leela their eight, eternal eightfold daily pastimes indeed those who execute devotional service on the banks of radha kund are the most fortunate people in the universe so see you now we get an idea of the gradations of life so on what basis are they graded as higher or lower according to how much their original nature of the soul is revealed why i showed you all these verses because the higher or lower species is based on how much our consci- our original consciousness is revealed so in the absolute like um, you know downtrodden species like the fish or the trees it's almost completely covered andhena tamasa avrita today's verse i hope you remember that so avrita means covered that is very important we are covered you see andhena tamasa avrita avrita means covered and how much that covering is progressively removed that much higher the species is counted as that's it and pure devotees i mean the gyani is more than a karmi bhakta is more than a gyani all these why their consciousness even even more removed that 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 covering of that uh, three modes is even more removed and even more removed the pure consciousness is there of the only of the devotee mm. <clears throat> so, um i wanted to show another verse before we go further i haven't gone to the purport yet so here Two four eighteen. Here, two four or eighteen. Shri Mad Bhagavatam. Kirata hona andhra pulinda pulkasha abhi rasumbha yavana khasadya yenyecha papa yadapa shreya shreya shudhyanti tasmay prabhavishnave namaha. Kirata hona andhra. Pulinda, Pulkasha, Abhira, Shumbha, Yavana, members of the Khasa races and even others addicted to the sinful acts can be purified by taking shelter of the devotees of the Lord due to His being the supreme power. I beg to offer my respectful obeisances unto Him. You see, Kira, all these mentions, Kirat means the blacks, you know, the, the blacks. 
Huna means the Hungarians. The Andhra is where I come from. So I'm one of these. <laughs> so actually, in, in Andhra Pradesh, there is um, there is a particular mountain tribe. In in Telugu, we call them Kondajati. Kondajati. So they are actually these ones, this Andhra. They are mountain uh, tribals. They are very very black in color. So the Andhra Pradesh, the state where I come from, is actually named after them. Those tribals. So those people. <coughs> Uh, Kirata, Huna, Andhra, Pulinda means the Greeks. Pulkasha, mm, I forgot. It's actually, you see here. Um, Andhra, okay, here Kirata is also mentioned as a province of old Bharatvarsha, mentioned in the Bhishma Parva, Bhishma Parva of Mahabharat. Generally, the Kiratas are known as the aboriginal tribes of India, and modern days, the Santal Pargans in Bihar and Chota Nagpur might comprise the old province named Kirata. Also, Prabhupada mentioned the blacks as Kiratas also. Then, there is Pulanda, Abhira, Pulkasha, Pulkasha, I don't know whether it's mentioned. But, the Abhira, oh, these are the Arabs, Abhiras are the Arabs, the Persians. <coughs> they were actually, you see, these Abhiras were also formerly Kshatriyas within the Brahmanical culture, but they gave up the connection. The Kshatriyas who were afraid of Parashurama and had hidden themselves in the Caucasian hilly regions later known became later on became known as Abhiras, and the place they inhabited was known as Abhirdesh. And later it became Arab. Arab. Shumbhas, Kanka province of the old Bharat. I don't know where they are. Yavanas, Maharaj Yayati, sons of Maharaj Yayati. And the Turks, the Turks are called the Yavanas. Khasa are the, generally, you know, they have a stunted growth on, of hair on the upper lip. So, they are the, the, the Chinese, you know, Asian, Asian breed. So, they are the Khasa and Adaya, more than them. So, all of these people are below Vedic culture. And they have forgotten Vedic culture. But even any of them, if they take shelter of a devotee, pure devotee, they can be elevated. So that is the that verse 2 or 4 or 18. And a similar verse is also there in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Very famous verse. Prabhupada always quoted it. Kanto 3, chapter 33, text 7. Devahuti is saying, Ahobatashvapachoto gariyan yajjivagre vartate namatubhyam te pustapaste juhvusasnurarya. Oh, how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the born in the family of dog eaters, they are called Chandalas. They are also another breed of um, people who are below the Vedic culture. They eat dogs. So, even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of the, your lordship, they have, they must have bathed the holy places of pilgrimage, studied the Vedas and fulfilled everything required. So, you get an idea of all the different grades. So, again, when we talk about um, higher or lower is how much their consciousness is revealed. The original consciousness. So, the killer of the soul means... When we stop this progress, Atmahana, that means the soul is supposed to progress from one to next to the next to the next to the next. 
especially so in the case of animals um, even in the human beings but in animals they naturally go to the next higher species and the next higher species and the next in this way they go from one species to the next in all the 8.4 million species of life 8 million and then they come to human forms and then after uncultured living beings and they come to cultured living beings so in this way they slowly rise in the um, evolutionary ladder now but the all these species are already in existence it's just that the soul when it dies when it then it accepts the next higher next higher so so that j- progress so when a person kills the animal what he is doing is that the animal is supposed to live for a certain period of time in that body but then he artificially stopped it and because he has done that he has interfered with the natural progress of the soul and that's why it is bad Be- it's not just because the, oh the animal is you know the, now it's a dead body the real violence is that he has stopped the natural progress of that um, particular soul and same thing it has to um, it is probably explained like inconvenience like for example if i am staying in a house and somebody you know if i am paying uh, rent in a house and i am staying there and if somebody just comes and evicts me out of that place and forcibly throws me out of the on the street then that's burglary or that's you know complete that's against the law that's criminal so i can you know complain on the to justice and i can get justice and that person will be punished similarly this is like that eviction that eviction is what is the crime so to stop the general progress of the the soul and therefore acharyas have described that not preaching krishna consciousness is also violence because you are not after having attained human life one is supposed to advance in devotional life the progress of human life is when one advances in devotional life and a devotee has to enable others to advance in this and if he stops their advancement by not preaching to them when there is a chance to preach that is violence this is why not preaching is violence it is not about that is these are called killers of the souls and of course if we kill ourselves in the sense that we don't execute devotional service then our this valuable human life that exists for about maybe a very few years that is lost the opportunity is lost and again we go into this cycle of birth and death for millions of years so that's why this whole thing is a um problem it's a violence okay the killer of the soul whoever he may be must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless full of darkness and ignorance now just try to understand the, the flow in the ishopanishad now the first um of course the invocation mantra is from the brihadaranyaka uh, yeah brihadaranyaka upanishad was that no was what upanishad it was i forgot the upanishad fifth chapter first verse of some upanishad so um that was the first so om purnamada that he is the complete whole and then everything that comes from him is complete there is no need of any extraneous endeavor to make it complete one has to just accept it whatever is given to his him as his quota that's of verse 1 so whatever is given to him by krishna as his quota use that and rest of the time use in self realization and not try to make it so called complete because it's already purnamada that verse is there 
to remind us of that. It's not that the nature, Krishna's creation is something incomplete, we need something else to make it enhanced and complete. No, that's wrong. So, everything is there in Krishna's creation. So, we just have to accept whatever is necessary for us and then use the rest of the time in self-realization. And the next verse, like what we what we studied yesterday, was if we can work on those, those principles, Ishavasamidam Sarvam, that everything belongs to the Lord, He just gave me on rental and whatever I have and I should just use whatever is necessary for me, bare necessities. If I do have any excess, I should use it in the charity, especially in the propagation of Krishna consciousness. So, if we can live on this way, then we, we, we can live for hundreds of years. We can live for hundreds and thousands of years like the Lomar Shamuni we have studied. So, we can live thousands of years without incurring any sin or piety, material sin or material piety. So, it is called akarma. So, we can, uh, then our, the bondage of work is not a kurvan neveh karmani, jiji vishay chatam samah, evam tvai nanya thetosti na karma lipyate nare. So, he is not bound by the karma. Now, what if we don't do this? What if we go on the suicidal path? That is here, atmahano jana. Atmahana means like atmahatya, suicidal, or killer of the soul. Atma means soul. So, that is you know, killing of the animals, which is impeding their natural progress of evolution and also not preaching to humans, not helping them in rise to the spiritual standard, that is also Atmahana, but killing our own self, that is also Atmahana or Atmahatya. So, this is suicidal. So, whoever follows a suicidal path, what is a suicidal path? Not accepting these principles of Ishavashamidam Sarvam. That's when, actually that is the basis on, of sinful activity. When they don't accept Isha Vasamidam Sarvam, that everything belongs to the Lord. They think, oh, the animals are meant for our enjoyment. Let's kill it and eat it. So, they don't accept Isha Vasamidam Sarvam. They are all the property of the Lord, children of the Lord. They are our brothers and sisters, so we can't kill them. So, they don't think like this. So, Isha Vasamidam Sarvam conception is lost. Similarly, when not preaching, also the Ishavasa conception is lost because Ishavasa means everything and everyone belongs to Krishna. And Krishna says, Aham Bija Pradha Pita, Sarva Yoni Of all species of life, I am the father. So everyone is his child, and therefore universal brotherhood is built on that principle. But then if we don't consider them as, as part of our own family, our spiritual, vast spiritual family of Krishna, and then we don't preach and help them rise above you know, arise to the platform of devotional service, then that is also not understanding the Ishavasa conception. So, you see how many layers there are, how many different angles there are of understanding the Ishavasa conception and what constitutes um, disobedience of that conception. It's not just a conception, it's a fact. It's just the idea to, to, to you know, to not have that idea or to have that idea, that, that understanding. In fact, so here the killer of the soul is the person who does not have the Ishavasa conception in any of these angles. If he if he is doing harm to his own self by not engaging in Krishna consciousness, that is Atmahana. So whoever does all these things must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless, full of darkness and ignorance. So now we will read through the purport. We have a long way to cover actually. <laughs>
and it's an important topic. So purport, human life is distinguished from animal life due to its heavy responsibilities. You see, not just responsibility, heavy responsibility. Those who are cognizant of these responsibilities and who work in that spirit are called suras, godly persons. So suras or devotees, they are ones who understand the responsibility of human life. And when they act on those in that spirit, yes, they are called suras. Asuras are those who don't work in that spirit. They don't work in the Ishavasa conception. <clears throat> and those who are neglectful of these responsibilities or who have no information of them are called asuras, demons. Not necessarily that they have horns, fangs and a horrible face. No, they can be very, very smart and they can be very... Um, intelligent, materially, maya paharatagyana, they may be very, you know, beautiful to look at, everything. If the person doesn't have, who is neglectful of the Ishavasa conception, he is a asura. Throughout the universe, these are only, sorry, there are only these two types of human being. Where is the verse? Dvaubhuta sargao lokesmin, dvaubhuta. Bhuta Sargao Loke. See? Chaitanya Charitamrita Adalila, chapter 3, verse 91. This is from the Padma Puran. Dvau Bhuta Sargao Lokesmin Daiva Asura Evacha Vishnu Bhakta Smrito Daiva Asura Stadviparyaya. There are two classes of men in, those, in the created world. One consists of the demoniac, another of the godly. The devotees of the Lord Vishnu are the godly, whereas those who are just the opposite are called demons. It's two people, two kinds of people. <clears throat> in the Rig Veda, it is stated that the Suras always aim at the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord Vishnu and act accordingly. Their ways are as illuminated as the path of the sun. That's why sun is called Surya. Surya means the destination of the suras. That means in the, in the sun, on the sun planet, everybody is a um, devotee of Krishna. Uh, no, although they are not pure devotees yet, they may be pure devotees also, just like on the earth. Not all are pure, but there are some pure devotees also, right? So, in the sun also, there is a higher, higher percentage of pure devotees and generally all of them are devotees also. And in fact, the sun, the orbit of the sun is the entrance to the heavenly realm, the, the Svargaloka. And there all the planets are all heavenly. And all those start from the, the orbit of the sun. And therefore, anybody who goes above the orbit of the sun, um, he is called Asura. Because that's why it is also, sun is called Surya, the destination of the Suras. Now, what is this mantra in the Rig Veda that states, that the suras always aim at the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Padam Sadapashyanti Surayaha Divivachakshuratatam Tadvipraso Vipanyavo Jagrivamsa Samindhate Vishnu Riyat Paramam Padam So they always Sadapashyanti Surayaha Always they see the lotus feet of Vishnu. Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Padam. 
the, the supreme lotus feet of Lord Vishnu. They always see Sada Pashanti Suraya, Diviva Chakshuratatam, uh, with the eye of the <coughs> Diviva, I think, is um, sun. Tadvipraso Vipanyavo Jagravam Sasamindhate uh, Vishnu Yat Paramampadam. So, this is the Rigveda mantra. <coughs> Intelligent human beings must always remember that the soul obtains a human form after an evolution of many millions of years in the cycle of transmigration. <coughs> Kindly excuse me. The material world is sometimes compared to an ocean and the human body is compared to a solid boat, a solid boat designed especially to cross this ocean. The Vedic scriptures and the Acharyas or saintly teachers are compared to expert boatmen. <coughs> And the facilities of the human body are compared to a favorable to favorable breezes that help the boat ply smoothly to its destination, desired destination. If with all these facilities a human being does not fully utilize his life for self-realization, he must be, be considered Atmaha, a killer of the soul. Sri Upanishad warns in clear terms that the killer of the soul is destined to enter into the darkest region of ignorance to suffer perpetually. So this is actually a verse. This solid boat. And the Vedic scriptures and Acharyas as a favorable breezes, this is all of us. If you study Srila Prabhupada's purports closely, each of his sentences is actually the translation of a verse somewhere. <clears throat> That's how our speech should be controlled by always quoting Vedic scriptures. Uh, what is that? 29? Is this the one? No, not this. 11.20. 11th Canto, Chapter 20, Text 17. This is the verse. Actually, um, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to like this verse very much. And in fact, he even shed tears when chanting this verse. Because... Um, you know, this, this verse explains the valuable opportunity of human life and when he thinks and when he thought of the how people are wasting away this va- valuable opportunity, so he was shedding tears, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, as he was chanting this verse. Nardeham adhyam sulabham sudurlabham plavam sukalpam guru karnadharam mayanukulena nabhasvateritam puman bhavadhim nataretsa atmaha Atmaha, you see this? Atmahana, today's verse. And here is Atmaha, same thing. Now, let's see. Here, Atmaha means the killer of his own soul. <coughs> the human body, which can award all benefit in life, is automatically obtained by the laws of nature, although it is a very rare achievement. This human body can be compared to a perfectly constructed boat. You see that? It's now in the purport. Prabhupada was mentioning this analogy. This is from this verse, 11, 20, 17. This human body can be compared to a perfectly constructed boat, having the spiritual master as the captain and the instructions of the personality of Godhead as favorable winds impelling it on its course. You see, the instructions of the personality of Godhead are the favorable winds and the human body is the boat and the spiritual master is the captain. Considering all these advantages, a human being who does not utilize this, his human life to cross the ocean of material existence must be considered the killer of his own soul. 
That means if we abandon the, the instruction of the spiritual master, then we are on the suicidal path. That is explained in the 10th Canto 87, chapter 33rd verse. We have shown that many times in this live streams. Maybe we can go that again, go there again. But you see, killer of his own soul. If we don't take advantage of this human form of life to achieve Krishna consciousness, we are killers of our own souls. And that, how can we, how can we fail when we have a boat, perfectly constructed boat, and the, the sail is catching the wind? Now, let's take this example and understand it objectively and, and imagine this whole thing. Now, there is a boat, and then there is a sail, and the wind. If you can catch the wind with the sail, and it will nicely go in the direction that it is, the, the wind is taking it. So, the instructions of the personality of Godhead and the Acharya, they are the wind impelling it on its course. So, the wind is always towards the kingdom of God. Towards the kingdom of God. Vaikuntha. So, because the instructions will take us there if we follow. But then, the problem comes when we want to go against the wind. When you want to take control of the ship and not listen to the captain and you take control of the ship, and go against the wind or now you're going to have trouble. If you can catch the wind and go in its course, it will be smooth. It will be very smooth. But if you want to go against it, oh, then trouble. That's why there is so much suffering in this world because we want to go against the grain, against the wind, um, against those instructions. That's when the whole trouble starts. So that's why it is said in this This verse is connected to this other verse, 1087.33, that we have shown a few times here in the live streams, but we will go again because it's directly connected. <coughs> uh, what is this? Vijita Harishika Vayubhir. There's actually 17 syllables, but you know, the tune that goes with it is. Vijita Hrishika Vayubhiradanta Manasturagam Yaihaya Tanti Yantum Matilolam Upayakheda Vyasana Shatan Veta Sama Vahaya Guros Charanam Vanija Ivaja Santyakrita Karna Dharajala so, well, I just made it somehow fit the tune, but <laughs> I don't know if there's another tune for that. So, the um, translation. The mind is like an impetuous horse that even persons who have regulated their sense, senses and breath cannot control. See, the mind is like an impetuous horse. Impetuous, what is impetuous? Wild, a wild horse. Have you seen a wild horse? I have seen something close to that because... We went to New Zealand and then in the farm there, one of the devotees had a horse. Apart from cows, there was one horse. And this horse was not com completely tamed. It was tamed to an extent, but then it had also these wild tendencies sometimes when it is in a, in a, not in a good mood. And whoa, that can be very, very dangerous in fact. A horse, a wild horse is very dangerous. It, it will just go like that and then the person sitting on it, you know, it will just stand on two legs like this and then the person will just fall off. You know, it's very dangerous and can just die. It can, if he falls on his neck, finished. And he can even, the horse can trample the person. 
you know how heavy the horse is oh, it is the best um, the horse has the best body the most muscular the most proportionate body among all the animals that's why it can run at such high speeds and for such long periods of time Prabhupada said that you know horse has the perfect um, physique in, in animals so a wild horse is whoa very dangerous I've seen that in 2012 uh, when I went to New Zealand so <clears throat> so the mind is like an impetuous horse completely wild horse. it's not just like sometimes wild completely all the time wild and ev- that even persons who have regulated their senses and breath cannot control it's very very even if you can control your senses and control your breath you know all the pranayama the yoga control means not just for two minutes no for long periods of time, for thousands of years even, they cannot control the mind. Arjuna says, Chanchalam himana krishna pramati balavadhrudam tasya ham nigraham manye vayoriva sudushkaram More difficult than to control the tornado or the what is it? whirlwind. Uh, so, it, it is it's very very difficult to control the mind. Those in this world who try to tame the uncontrolled mind but who abandon the feet of their spiritual master encounter hundreds of obstacles in their cultivation of various distressful practices. This is when you turn the boat against the wind. Oh. Without, a, without the guidance of a captain, the spiritual master. If you go abandon the feet of the spiritual master, encounter hundreds of obstacles in their cultivation of various distressful practices, O unborn Lord, they are like merchants on a boat in the ocean who have failed to hem- employ a helmsman. So you see, the whole world, they don't have a spiritual master. What, what, they don't even understand that there is such a thing as a spiritual master. They are just doing so many things that are ruining the world. Hundreds of obstacles, thousands, millions of obstacles. Uh, so, um, similarly, even after having attained the mercy of spiritual master, if we go against his instructions again, it's going to be hundreds of obstacles, thousands of obstacles. And that's what is happening today with our so-called Hare Krishna movement in, in the name of ISKCON. <clears throat> because they fail to employ a hemsman. The hemsman is the captain. They don't have a captain. So, human life is meant for that purpose. So, if you don't use that, then it's a killing of our own soul. It's a suicidal path. Now, coming back to here. So, if with all these facilities a human being does not fully utilize his life for self-realization, he must be considered Atmaha, uh, a killer of the soul. Sri Ishupanishad warns in clear terms that the killer of the soul is destined to enter into the darkest region of ignorance to suffer perpetually. Okay, just we will go to the Bhagavad Gita to have a similar verse. These are all the Asuri Sampatti the people who are um, demoniac what is their destination what is their thinking and what is the destination we will go through that so we will go through the index of course I can read the Sanskrit but you know what it will take long time because a few verses in, in line so here those who are demoniac you see 16.6 in this world, there are two kinds of created beings. One is called the divine and the other demoniac. I have already explained to you at length the divine qualities. Now hear from me of the demoniac. So these are the demoniac qualities now. Those who are demoniac do not know what is to be done and what is not to be done. This is a very, I mean, um, often quoted verse by Srila Prabhupada. 
ప్రవృత్తిం చ నివృత్తిం చ జనాన విధురాసుర సో దోస్ డిమానియాక్ డు నాట్ నో వాట్ ఈస్ టు బి డన్ అండ్ వాట్ ఈస్ నాట్ టు బి డన్ నై ద క్లెన్లీనెస్ నాట్ ప్రాపర్ బిహేవియర్ నాట్ ట్రూత్ ఇస్ ఫౌండ్ ఇన్ దెమ్ దే సే దట్ దిస్ వర్ల్డ్ ఈజ్ అన్రియల్ విత్ నో ఫౌండేషన్ నో గాడ్ ఇన్ కంట్రోల్ దే సే ఇట్ ఈస్ ప్రొడ్యూస్డ్ ఆఫ్ సెక్స్ డిజైర్ అండ్ హ్యాస్ నో కాజ్ అదర్ దెన్ లాస్ట్ ఫాలోయింగ్ సచ్ కంక్లూజన్స్ ద డిమానియాక్ హూ ఆర్ లాస్ట్ టు దెమ్ సెల్వ్స్ and who have no intelligence engage in unbeneficial horrible works meant to destroy the world is it not is that not what we are seeing in today's context taking shelter of insatiable lust and absorbed in the conceit of pride and false prestige the demoniac thus illusioned are always sworn to unclean work attached by the impermanent sorry attracted sorry attracted by the impermanent they are not attracted to the permanent life which is spiritual life kingdom of god no they are attracted to this impermanent material world and they want to be happy in this material world and they and they engage in unbeneficial unclean work uh, materially and spiritually unclean in their thoughts they are unclean in their deeds they are unclean they believe that to gratify the senses is the prime necessity of human civilization thus until the end of life they, their anxiety is immeasurable bound by a network of hundreds of thousands of desires um, and absorbed in lust and anger they secure money by illegal means for sense gratification the demoniac person thinks so much wealth do i have today and i will gain more according to my schemes so much is mine now and it will increase in the future more and more he is my enemy and i have killed him and my other enemies will also be killed i am the lord of everything i am the enjoyer i am perfect powerful and happy I am the richest man surrounded by aristocratic relatives. There is none so powerful and happy as I am. I shall perform sacrifices, I shall give some charity and I shall... And thus I shall rejoice. In this way such persons are deluded by ignorance. Thus perplexed by various anxieties and bound by a network of illusions, they become too strongly attra- attached to sense enjoyment and fall down into hell. self complacent and always impudent deluded by wealth and false prestige they sometimes proudly perform sacrifices in name only without following any rules or regulations this is actually more elaborately explained in the 11th canto uh, we will go there maybe we will go there and come back in actually a few places but i remember this one maybe if you know another one we can leave it in the comments 11514 11.5.14 of shrimad bhagavatam yetve yetvan yetvanevam vidosantah stabdhah sad abhimaninah pashundruhyanti vishrabdhah pretya khadanti te chatan see those sinful persons who are ignorant of actual religious principles yet consider themselves to be completely pious without compunction commit violence against innocent animals who are fully trusting in them in their next life such sinful persons will be eaten by the same creatures they have killed in this world they think they are doing some sacrifices you know animal, animal sacrifice and they just kill nowadays no sacrifice simply kill eating so they probably perform sacrifices in name only okay sacrifice in name right um we will go to this bhagavad gita 17 
विधिहीनम असृष्टान्नम मंत्रहीनम अदक्षिणम श्रद्धा विरहितम यज्ञम तामसम परिचक्षते एनी सैक्रिफाइस परफॉर्मड विदाउट रिगार्ड फॉर द डायरेक्शंस ऑफ स्क्रिप्चर विदाउट डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन ऑफ प्रसादम स्पिरिचुअल फूड विदाउट चैंटिंग ऑफ वैदिक हिम्स एंड रेम्यूनरेशन टू द रेम्यूनरेशंस टू द प्रीस्ट्स एंड विदाउट फेथ इज कंसीडर्ड टू बी द मोड ऑफ इग्नोरेंस दिस इज देयर सैक्रिफाइसेस दे थिंक दे आर डूइंग समथिंग but all without proper you know rules and regulation they don't follow anything so <clears throat> this is all sacrifice in name only they don't carry any benefit at all it's just useless bewildered by false ego strength pride lust and anger the demons become envious of the supreme personality of godhead who is situated in their own bodies and in the bodies of others and blaspheme against the real religion This is so true. Huh? <clears throat> Actually, there is a verse. Everything there is a verse, you know. There are so many verses. Ten eighty-eight. I think eleven, maybe. Ato mam sudurarad. Ato mam suduraradhyam. हितवान्यान भजते जनह ततस्त आशुते तोषेभ्यो लब्धराज्यश्रियोद्धता मत्ता प्रमत्ता वरदान विस्मयंत्यवजानते बिकॉज आई एम वेरी आई मीन बिकॉज आई एम डिफिकल्ट टू वर्शिप कृष्ण इज स्पीकिंग पीपल जनरली अवॉइड मी एंड इंस्टेड वर्शिप अदर डेटीज हु आर क्विकली सैटिस्फाइड वन पीपल रिसीव किंगली ऑपुलेंसेज फ्रॉम दीज डेटीज दे बिकम एरोगेंट intoxicated with pride and neglectful of their duties they dare to offend even the demigods who have bestowed benedictions upon them so like that uh, what is that bhasmasura he wanted to do that so they blaspheme against the real religion they go against the devotees i think if you go oh sorry If you go to the next one, Shukadev Goswami said, "Lord Brahma, Lord Vishnu, Lord Shiva, and others are able to curse or bless anyone, or uh, are able to curse or bless one. Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma are very quick to curse or bestow benedictions, but my dear King, but the infallible Lord, Supreme Lord is not. So this is about Vrakasura, the story." Anyway, coming back here, those who are now this is the important point. Sixteen dot nineteen. Those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, I perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. That is today's verse. Asuriyanamate loka andhe na tamasavrita. They go. They enter into hellish worlds or the worlds of the faithless. This is that verse in the Bhagavad Gita. Sixteen dot nineteen. Those who are envious and mischievous. who are the lowest among men i perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence into the various demonic species of life attaining repeated birth amongst the species of demonic life or son of kunti such persons can never approach me gradually they sink down to the most abominable type of existence there are three gates leading to this hell lust anger and greed every sane man should give these up for they lead to the degradation of the soul so these are lust anger and greed which will make us 
killers of the soul, killers of our own self. And that's how we go into all this. That's why it is said, the man who has escaped these three gates of hell, O son of Kunti, performs acts conducive to self-realization and thus gradually attains a supreme destination. He who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination. One should therefore understand what is duty and what is not duty by the regulations of the scriptures. Knowing such rules and regulations, one should act so that he may gradually be elevated. So you see how if we don't follow the scriptures like today. So all these verses are mentioned in very short in each Upanishad. So these are Upanishads. Upanishads are short summarizations of very, very elaborate conceptions, concepts. So first verse is uh, invocation is Supreme Lord is complete, you know, he's, he's, all his emanations are complete and he remains the complete balance even if something is taken from him or even if Krishna is taken out from Krishna, he still remains Krishna. So that is his position. Then his arrangement is complete. So we have to Ishavasamidam Sarvam. So we have to accept that arrangement and take whatever is uh, necessary for ourselves and then leave aside and not covet that property and use whatever extra we have in service of Krishna and in this way one can go on living for 100, I mean hundreds and hundreds of years without incurring any karma, positive or negative, pious or impious and in this way he will always be free from the bondage of work and if we do not follow all these things then we enter into the worlds of the faithless. So you see how the flow is going. So in, in four verses, these all these verses of Bhagavad Gita are, so whatever is in the Ishupanishad is more elaborately explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Now Ishupanishad has only 18 verses or with the invocation verse 19 verses whereas Bhagavad Gita has 700 Srimad Bhagavatam has 18,000 just imagine so Mahabharata has 100,000 so the same things are more elaborately more uh, explained so again <clears throat> coming back to our reading so Atmaha Sri Ishopanishad warns in clear terms that the killer of the soul is destined to enter into the darkest region of ignorance to suffer perpetually and I think I want to show another one, which is from the purport of Ishopanishad Mantra 12, which is also in, in regards to this Atmaha, killer of the soul. If we, as we know, one of the definitions of killing of the soul or Atmahana means to, actually the basis of the whole definition of Atmahana means to stall the progress, the spiritual progress of the soul into higher and higher consciousness ultimately ending in or culminating in devotional service. So, if, so another uh, form of Atmahana or killing of the soul is when I mislead people on the spiritual path. If I become a guru and I mislead the, the disciples, uh, then that is, that is also Atmahana. And we will quickly go to Srimad Bhagavatam 6, 7, 14. We have seen this, we will see again because this is all together, all these verses are together. I hope you are taking notes because all these things we need to understand to understand the subject. 6.7.14 Bhagavatam Tesham kupatha deshtrinam patatam tamasi hyadhaha ye shraddhadhyur vachastevai ashmaplava iva Leaders who have fallen into ignorance and who mislead people by directing them to the path of destruction. You see this is Atmahana. But we are uh, misleading leaders who mislead. They are misleaders who fall into ignorance and who mislead people by directing them to the path of destruction as described in the previous verse. So, what is that previous verse? It was actually in regards to offending one spiritual master. Are in effect boarding a stone boat and so too are those who blindly follow them. 
A stone boat would be unable to float and would sink in the water with its passengers. Similarly, those who mislead people go to hell and their followers go with them. So, this is misleading. This is, you know, instead of the human boat is a perfect, a human body is a perfect boat. But here they are offering not the perfect boat, but a stone boat, which is, looks like a boat, but it's not a boat. It's, it's, it's a platform of destruction. Hmm. So, Ishopanishad Mantra 12 says, See here in the end. From here. The pseudo religionists, from here all the way down, okay. The pseudo religionists have neither knowledge nor detachment from material affairs, for most of them want to live in the golden shackles of material bondage under the shadow of philanthropic activities disguised as religious principles. By a false display of religious sentiments, they present a show of devotional service while indulging in all sorts of immoral activities. In this way, they pass as spiritual masters and devotees of God. You know, then what happens? Such violators of religious principles have no respect for the authoritative acharyas the holy teachers in the strict disciplic succession. They ignore the Vedic instruction or injunction, Acharyopasana, one must worship the Acharya. And Krishna's statement in the Bhagavad Gita 4.2, Evam Parampara Praptam, this supreme science of God is received through the disciplic succession. Instead, to mislead the people in general, they themselves become so-called Acharyas, but they do not even follow the principles of the Acharyas. Is this not what we are seeing in Skon? And of course, all those bogus conmen gurus, you know, out there, some stupid babas and who are just misleading everybody, all of them fall into this category. As long as we do not worship the bona fide Acharya, in our case, Srila Prabhupada, you know, um, this is basically an Atmahana program, suicidal program, or violent program. <clears throat> it's violence, it's a disease violence. These rogues are the most dangerous elements in human society. Because there is no religious government, they escape punishment by the law of the state. They cannot, however, escape the law of the Supreme, who has clearly declared in the Bhagavad Gita that envious demons in the garb of religious, religious propagandists shall be thrown into the darkest regions of hell. Sri Ishopanishad confirms that these pseudo-religionists are heading toward the most obnoxious place in the universe after the completion of their spiritual master business, which they conduct simply for sense gratification. Again, the same thing in today's verse. Asurya Namate Loka, Atmahana. So, coming back here to the purport, there are swines, sorry, there are swine, dogs, camels, asses, etc., whose economic necessities are just as important to them as ours are to us. But the economic problems of these animals are solved only under nasty and unpleasant conditions. The human being is given all facilities for a comfortable life by the laws of nature because the human form of life is more important and valuable than animal life. Very nicely said. See, the hogs, dogs, camels and asses. Swavidvara, hoshtra, kharai, samsuta, purusha, pasu. What is that? Jatu, nama, gada, gracha. What is that? Third line. 
ನಯತ್ಕರ್ಣ ನಯತ್ಕರ್ಣ ಪಥೋಪೇತೋ ಜಾತು ನಾಮ ಗದಾಗ್ರಜ ಎಸ್ ಟೂ ಡಾಟ್ ತ್ರೀ ಡಾಟ್ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ ಆಫ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಸೊ ದೋಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಅಗೇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸಿಫೈಡ್ ಆಸ್ ದೀಸ್ ಫೋರ್ ಆ್ಯನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ಸಿ ಸೊ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ದೀಸ್ ಆ್ಯನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ಹೂಸ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ನೆಸೆಸರೀಸ್ ಆರ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಆಸ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಟು ದೇಮ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಟು ದೇಮ್ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ನೆಸೆಸರಿ ಬೇಸಿಕಲಿ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಫುಡ್ ಶೆಲ್ಟರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಪ್ರೈಮರಿ ಆಫ್ ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಆಸ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ಸ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಫುಡ್ ಫುಡ್ ಕ್ಲೋದಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಶೆಲ್ಟರ್ ಬೈ ಆ್ಯನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ನೋ ಕ್ಲೋದಿಂಗ್ ಪ್ರೈಮರಿಲಿ ಇಸ್ ಫುಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಶೆಲ್ಟರ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದೇರ್ ಬಟ್ ಫುಡ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಪ್ರೈಮ್ ನೆಸೆಸರಿ ಆಫ್ ಎವ್ರಿಬಡಿ ಆ್ಯನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ಸ್ ಎವ್ರಿಬಡಿ ನಾವು ದೋಸ್ ಆರ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ಶುಡ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ಸ್ಟಡೀಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ಫಾಲೋಡ್ ಟು ದ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ವೆನ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಸ್ಯಾಟಿಸ್ಫೈಡ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಅ ಕಂಪ್ಲೀಟ್ ವೇಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಎನರ್ಜಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೋ ಮಚ್ ಆಫ್ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಸಿವಿಲೈ ಸೋ ಕಾಲ್ ಸಿವಿಲೈಸೇಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ಬೇಸ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟಸ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಗ್ರೋತ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಅನ್ಫಾರ್ಚುನೇಟ್ ಸಿಚುವೇಷನ್ ಬಟ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಅಕಾರ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಟು ವೇದರ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಮೆನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅ ಕಂಫರ್ಟಬಲ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ದ ರೆಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಟೈಮ್ ಇನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ರಿಯಲೈಸೇಷನ್ ನಾ ಕಾಮಸ್ಯ ನೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ಪ್ರೀತಿರ್ ಲಾಭೋ ಜೀವೇತ ಯಾವತ ಜೀವಸ ತತ್ವಜಿಜ್ಞಾಸ ನಾರ್ಥೋ ಯಶ್ಚೇಹ ಕರ್ಮಭೇ ಒನ್ ಡಾಟ್ ಟೂ ಡಾಟ್ ಟೆನ್ ಇನ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಸೊ ಅವರ್ ಡಿಸೈರ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಡೆವಲಪ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಶುಡ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಬಿ ಟು ದ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಇನಫ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅವರ್ ಮೇಂಟೆನೆನ್ಸ್ ದ ರೆಸ್ಟ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ಗಿವನ್ ಟು ಚಾರಿಟಿ ಇನ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕಾನ್ಷಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಟು ಲಿವ್ ಸಿಂಪ್ಲಿ ವೆರಿ ವೆರಿ ಸಿಂಪ್ಲಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಂಬ್ಲಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ಇನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ರಿಯಲೈಸೇಷನ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಇಕನಾಮಿಕ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ದ ಇಕನಾಮಿಕ್ ಪ್ರಾಬ್ಲಮ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದೀಸ್ ಆ್ಯನಿಮಲ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಸಾಲ್ವ್ಡ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಅಂಡರ್ ನಾಸ್ಟಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅನ್ಪ್ಲೆಸೆಂಟ್ ಕಂಡೀಷನ್ಸ್ ನಾವು ಫುಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ swine dogs camels and asses i mean it's very crude form of life they have to sometimes animals have to hunt sometimes animals have famine they have to you know you have seen those national geographic documentaries where the sahara desert or you know even the south american what is that serengeti the the natural wildlife you know that sanctuary all these they, the animals walk thousands of kilometers or the birds they fly thousands of kilometers in search of a better food in search of better food when the rains are not there then they will go all the way they walk so many th- and the risk and while they're passing they will pass these lions and all these predators i mean very nasty conditions i mean we've seen some documentaries of these hunting oh how painful their life is how they are hunted down and sometimes you know and those that are those are those that are caught on camera and just imagine those things that are never caught on camera i mean i have seen one place where um, this zebra was hunted by a, a group of uh, a pack of a school i don't know what is the <laughs> word for a pack of hyenas so these hyenas they came and attacked the zebra and the poor zebra was you know oh, he was standing his side the stomach was completely ripped open the intestines the stomach were all hanging out hanging out in red red color and i mean all i mean what all organs were coming out the intestines the stomach and i don't know what all what all was hanging down from the side and then the animal was broken one on one leg and then bleeding from the neck and in you know, our eyes one eye also popped out ah it was horrible i mean that is how 
their life is in, in animal life. At least in human life, we don't have, I mean, we do have some places where criminal activities are going on and horrible things are also going on. But generally, that is not the way for human beings. Whereas in animal life, that is their way of life. Complete mm, horror, very nasty and unpleasant conditions. Mm. So their economics, um, you know, uh, their economics are full of nasty and unpleasant conditions. The human being is given all facilities for a comfortable life. Like, what are we given? We are given the chance to farm, to have agriculture and, you know, you know, pleasant, you know, you know, maintain cows and do it pleasantly. Our food program is very pleasant. We do yajna and the rains come and then there is, you know, crops and then we can raise, you know, we can have agriculture and cow protection and this way we can have all our full necessities fulfilled and have time for self-realization. So, it's a much more, much better facility than the animal life. Hmm? Why? Why Krishna designed, uh, designed it like that? Because human life is more important and valuable than animal life. Because in this life, we can solve all these problems of material life. Why is man where is that? Why is man given a better life than that of the swine and other animals? What is swine, you know? Swine means hog or pig. It is a British way of saying swine. So, uh, and in fact, one, there was once when Prabhupada was using the word night soil. Um, even the animals who eat night soil, then the Americans, you know, when the Americans read those, you know, they did not understand what is night soil. Actually, it's stool, <laughs> but uh, in British English, it is, it is called night soil. You know, a little more nice sounding <laughs> phrase than staying, uh, you know, stool or nowadays they say other words, but we don't want to say that here. So, why is man given a better life than that of the swine and other animals? Why is a highly placed government servant given better facilities than those of an ordinary clerk? The answer is that a highly placed officer has to discharge duties of a higher nature. Similarly, the duties human beings have to perform are higher than those of animals who are always engaged in simply feeding their hungry stomachs. See, animal business is just to feed their hungry stomachs. That's all they know. But human life is more of responsibility and therefore better facilities. Just like Prabhupada explained here, why is a government servant or, you know, uh, uh, you know, all these higher responsible people, they are, they are given better facility? Because they are of more responsible, their, their job is more responsible or more and more important than an ordinary clerk or somebody. The clerk cannot, cannot complain that, you see, I am working very hard, you know, this, this judge or this, this, this man is just, you know, having a few phone calls and just managing a few things and then I am doing, you know, the bulk of the hard work, but I, so I should be paid more. No, no. The CEO or, you know, of a company will be paid more or in the government, the, the higher post, they will be paid more. So, um, that's because their responsibility is more. Uh, responsibility is what is the thing. It is not about hard work. It is about the responsibility. Hmm. Similarly, the duties human beings have to perform are higher than those of animals who are always engaged in simply feeding their hungry stomachs. Yet, the modern, the, sorry, the modern soul-killing civilization, the modern soul-killing civilization has only increased the problems of the hungry stomach. When we approach a polished animal in the form of a modern civilized man, 
and ask him and ask him to take interest in self realization he will say that he simply wants to work to satisfy his stomach and that there is no need of self realization for a hungry man actually even in so called so called human, humanitarianists they also say like this or oh, it is better to feed the hungry man than to do some you know puja and chant the names of god it is better to you know as they say they have a saying helping hands are better than chanting lips now they, they say like this. so they don't know what is actually help these these fools the rascals they don't know what is actually help um the brahmanas by their lips of course by their hands they distribute prasadam but the, by their lips they um share knowledge which is very important otherwise you know we are we are completely you know in ignorance our whole suffering is because of not understanding krishna consciousness so the brahmanas when they preach they actually solve the problems by their lips but these people they don't understand that this is actually the solution they don't accept they don't have the ishavasa conception heading to the darkest regions of hell but and then they think they are doing the good in this world helping hands are better than chanting lips they come out with the slogans nonsense <clears throat> the laws of nature are so cruel however that despite his denunciation of the need for need for self realization and his eagerness to work hard to fill his stomach he is always threatened by unemployment they want, they want to fulfill their stomachs or fill their stomachs but now especially in this covid 19 how many people i think in us 40 million have lost their jobs <coughs> and every other country that's just us we only get to hear news from the us because it's the most important nation in the world but if you calculate all the nations of the world it's so much that has been upset in this in this period of covid 19 so even those who have jobs they are threatened by unemployment you know anything anytime anything can happen they can be retrenched or anything so these things are all you know it's in the endeavor of filling their stomach but you know then there is even though they want to do that they are also threatened by the laws of nature we are given this human form of life not to work hard like asses swine and dogs but to attain the highest perfection of life if we do not care for self realization the laws of nature force us to work very hard even though we may not want to do so human beings in this age have been forced to work hard like the asses and bullocks that pull carts some of the regions where the asuras are sent to work are revealed in this verse of shri ishopanishad if a man fails to discharge his duties as a human being he is forced to transmigrate to the asuria planets and take birth in degraded species of life to work hard in ignorance and darkness see that so the more we go away from god the more the life becomes hard you know i mean somebody actually one uh, scientist um, biologist he wrote a post on the social media he said that the, this virus covid 19 is so small so small that the entire virus that exists on the planet as of now as we know it is estimated to weigh you know the weight of that virus if you put all that vir- virus that is infecting all the millions of people and have completely brought this world to a standstill human civilizations to a standstill the animals are having a fun time but the humans have come to a standstill 
all that happened because of, you know, of how much weight of virus, if you put all those virus and put in one weighing scale, you know how much it would weigh? One gram. One gram of virus has put the world to its knees and devastated economies of countries, of powerful nations. Just imagine that. I mean, how... <laughs> just like Hiranyakashipu, he said, oh, this, that, this, that. But then Narasimhadev came and, you know, one, one moment he just ripped him apart. So, we are creating all these kinds of security measures, this measure, so much advancement, this, that, this. So many things we are talking. But then, you know, by the laws of nature, you may say, okay, maybe somebody created the virus in a laboratory or whatever it may be. It was all by the dictation of Mother Nature. Whatever it may be, however it may have happened, whether it's by accident, by eating meat or by, you know, deliberately manipulating the animal um, virus coming from the animal, whichever way it is. Ultimately, these people are just instruments in the higher laws of nature. So, the laws of mother nature, you see how by one gram of virus, like, you know, when we calculate the, the, the cost of gold, one gram of gold is like, I think it's about 70, 60, 70 dollars in Singapore. I don't know the present cost. I've seen it like months or years ago. Say $70 a, a gram. Just imagine this, the cost of this virus, one gram, billions, billions, trillions of dollars. Uh, so, nature's law, you know, with one gram, you know, the Maya can completely, completely wipe out our civilization. And what if this virus was far more deadly, far more deadly, what, what would have happened? Just imagine. So, one gram of virus, you know. So, this is just like a hint, okay, don't mess around. But people, Asura, Asura, they don't know what, what is to be done and what is not to be done. Pravrittimcha, Nivrittimcha, Janana, Vidura, Asura. Again, they will do the same nonsense after this whole thing is finished. I'm sure that again, they will come back to the same rubbish behavior against God, everything. So, unlimited sense gratification. Again, they're asking for another, either pandemic or war or whatever, natural calamity. It will come again. It will definitely come. Bhutva Bhutva Praliyate. Because of the rascal. Bhutva Bhutva Praliyate means repeated destruction. So this will happen because of the you know, lack of God consciousness. Atheism. So if we do not care for self-realization, it is said here, the laws of nature force us to work very hard. And now you see, with all this, now governments have to work very hard. People have to work very hard. And then even if they open... It's not going to be fast. It's not going to be smooth. It will take a lot of time. And repeatedly there will be calamities. This way or that way. Either this or that. Sometimes it may be a pandemic. Sometimes it may be a natural disaster. Sometimes it may be a war. Sometimes it may be a famine, a drought, whatever. These things will always happen. Uh, as long as we remain, remain sinful. So, nature forces us to work very hard even though we may not want to do so. Human beings in this age have been forced to work hard like the asses and bullocks that pull carts. And actually, there is a tela. Tela means hand-drawn, I mean, human-drawn cart. Just like horse cart. It's a human-drawn cart. In, in India, it was there. Now, they abolished that. It was there before. It's called, it was called a tela. Now, they still have those rickshaws, which are also phasing out. They are having these motorized you know, fuel-powered uh, auto, auto rickshaw, they call it. But, uh, you know, these things are going on. Hmm. And that is literally, 
actually like pulling cars like the animals but even otherwise we're working very hard even though now maybe people are not pulling carts as much as they used to before but still one has to stand in a jam-packed train or a bus in the morning and rush hour people have to go or if they're driving they're stuck in a traffic jam even if they have the bmw you know they're stuck and they're frustrated and all this hard work and <coughs> everything <coughs> all the endeavor just to get you know some food in the mouth ultimately that is what we need everything else is just like it's not nearly it's, it's not really needed you know it's working hard for just like little bit food which we can easily grow on our land and with cows and you know some grains and that's it we can have this life with vegetables and fruits and flowers we can live comfortably but that simple system uh, they thought that oh the lord's arrangement is not complete it's it's not perfect we will make it complete with industrialization nature is good but we will make it better actually there is a i came across this slogan in one of the um, i mean this is the the way they think they say nature is good but with technology we will make it better that's what they think i have read this caption uh, who was saying this some company some some whatever i forgot a few years ago actually i was thinking i was actually writing an article about that one but i did not so anyway so they think like this that nature is good fine yeah yeah actually they say nature is bad so we are the ones who are really making it happen so but they don't want to say it because we oh if we say nature is bad everybody will all the naturalists will come against us nature is good fine good or we'll make it better this is what they want to offer but actually what they're doing is making it worse and worse and worse because purnamada purna you know everything that is purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate everything is the arrangement is complete by the lord already but they don't have the ishavasa conception this is why they think it is inadequate and they want to make it adequate or even better than adequate luxury so actually they are making it worse and worse and worse you have to work harder for that same food which you could have eaten from your own land some of the regions where the asuras are sent to work are revealed in this verse you see this andhena tamasavrita they enter into the darkest regions so even on this earth you know those mines you know all those you know dark places where you work you know even in ships you know this the place is very dark inside and you know it's it smells bad you know it's, it 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 looks you know bad everything is just like even the factories and everything it's not a pleasant place to be it's not a ple- actually there's a proverb used to say the story um of hell sorry <laughs> we still have some ground to cover but i'll just say the story you know this story is that um so this preacher he was trying to preach and he he came to a group of miners you know what's miners the mine they go into the mine and you know they recover gold or something they in the ore in the ore mines gold mine or something like that <clears throat> so these miners he was preaching to a group of miners he says you should not go to hell you know if you commit sin you will go to hell then they one of them asked what is hell what is what is actually hell i want to know why you are saying don't go there why what is wrong with hell how how does it look like he said oh, no it is very dark it is very smelly it is very hot then the miners were like mm. okay 
good. They didn't, they did not feel, oh wow, really? No, they did not feel anything because they were minors. They were already in the dark, in the, in the smelly place, you know, in the hot, everything inside the ground. That is hell. Oh, well, that's not very much different from here. So, what is so bad? Then, of course, the preacher became a little bit, um, you know, he used his presence of mind and he said, um, well, uh, in, the, in the hell, there is no newspaper. <gasps> really? There is no newspaper? Oh, no, I, I don't want to go there. You know, <laughs> so, so, you know, that's how they think, you know, their life is horrible, but they want a newspaper. You know, if you see the people, what they're tuning into, news, 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 you know, newspaper, and you know, reading. Of course, newspaper means there will also be some entertainment sections and this and that, so many things. So, they want to read all these things, play crossword puzzles and whatever. You know, they want to read news, sports, this, that, so many subjects. Niranam Santi Sahasrashaha. Apashyatam Atmatattvam Griheshu Grahamedhinam. So, those who are not interested in self-realization, they will just have thousands of topics to talk about. And none of them are useful topics. And that's what they want to hear. And if they can't hear that, oh, that is, that is, that is really hell. Yes, yes, I don't want to go there. <laughs> so, that's the position, you know. Majiva Mamara. They're already, their life is hell. Next life, they're going to hell also. Like, like the Atmahana, the killer of the animal, the butcher. You know, every day he's just seeing blood and, you know, dead bodies. And his whole life is just already hell. And then when he actually dies, when he will go to hell. So, here is hell, next life is hell. So, this is, this is you know, the, the destination and the current life. Not only the destination, even their path is like that. If their path is almost already, you know, having the flavor of their destination. Same, any path will have the flavor of the destination because as you go closer to a place, you will, you will start to feel the place already. You know, and similarly, one who one, one who is on the path of self-realization, Krishna consciousness, susukham kartum avyayam, the whole path is very blissful. Even in devotional service itself, the destination, the kingdom of God, Krishna, Krishna Loka, Vaikuntha, is already blissful. But even the path to that devotional service is also blissful. Hmm. So, pratyaksha bhagamam dharmyam, you can feel it. You can feel it even while you are carrying it out, while you are in devotional service. It is already blissful. Similarly, those people who are going to hell, their path is also hellish, full of troubles, full of pain and destination is off, just the culmination of that pain, complete pain. Okay, in the Bhagavad Gita, 6th chapter, 41st to 43rd verse, it is stated that a man who enters upon the path of self-realization but does not complete the process despite having sincerely tried to realize his relationship with the Lord, with God, is given a chance to appear in the family of Suchi or Srimat. The word Suchi includes a spiritually advanced family, advanced Brahmana, and a Srimat in, in, indicates a Vaishya, a member of the mercantile community. So the person who fails to achieve self-realization to give, sorry, is given a better chance in his next life due to his sincere efforts in this life. If even a fallen candidate is given a chance to take birth in a respectable and noble family, one can hardly imagine the status of one who has achieved success. Now, Prabhupada is explaining the opposite. Those who are on the path of the faithless worlds, Asuriya, Loka, uh, the planets of the faithless, their life is like this, full of ghastly life. But then, those who are on the path of self-realization, even though they so-called fail, they haven't achieved success, it is explained in the 6th chapter, 41st to 43rd verse, as it is stated there, 
that they will take birth in better families next life. So even a fallen transcendentalist is not a loser. Whereas an expert materialist is a complete 100% loser. This is why we should not endeavor materially. We should endeavor spiritually in devotional service. This is what the endeavor should be, not material life. Even perfect materialistic life will yield no result. In fact, we will go to hellish worlds. Whereas spiritual life, even if we have started and have not finished it, success, we are going to the next higher, a better family, a better facility. So, you know, how much it is different, you see, the path and the result. So, even if a fallen transcendentalist is so successful, just imagine a successful transcendentalist. Oh, he get, he attains the kingdom of God directly. He goes there never to come back. He will never come back and enjoy eternal life in the company of Krishna. <clears throat> That's why he said, if even a fallen candidate is given a chance to take birth in a respectable and noble family, one can hardly imagine the status of one who has achieved success. By simply attempting to realize God, one is guaranteed birth in a wealthy or aristocratic family, but those who do not even make an attempt, who want to be covered by illusion, who are too materialistic and too attached to material enjoyment, must enter into the darkest regions of hell, as confirmed throughout the Vedic literature. Such materialistic asuras sometimes make a show of religion, but their ultimate aim is material prosperity. Show of religion. Yeah, I'm also spiritual, you know, don't think I'm not, you know, don't think I'm just materialistic, you know, I'm also something spiritual. Uh, no, their, their aim is, is, you have to judge the person of what is his aim, ultimately. Is he trying to use that so-called religious aspect of his life to get this artha and that artha is for his karma, that means artha means economic development. Is he using that prayers and all that to get just some economic development and then use that economic development for his sense gratification? Is that his aim? Or is he praying to Krishna like, I don't want anything, I just want to serve you. That is a transcendentalist. Not simply one who prays to God, you know, like in a materialistic way and is not really interested there. His main interest is how to earn money and how to be gratifying his senses in this world. <clears throat> so, this is they may make a show of religion, but ultimately it's just a big colossal hoax. <clears throat> now, but those who do not even make an attempt, who want to be covered by illusion, who are too materialistic. Actually, before we go, I want to show this verse. Um, 1, 5, 17. We have seen this. I think some of you know already. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 1, Chapter 5, Text 17. Tyaktva Svadharmam Charanambujam Harer Bhajan Napakvo Thapate Tato Yadi so, Prabhupada quoted this verse so many times. One who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage. Yet, there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Hmm. So, <clears throat> the same thing is <clears throat> echoed here. The Bhagavad Gita 
16.17 and 18, we have gone through this Asurya, all that symptoms of the demons. That same verses are quoted here. The Bhagavad Gita 16.17 and 18 rebukes such men by calling them Atma Sambhavita, meaning that they are considered great only on the strength of deception and are empowered by the votes of the ignorant. They are great only on the strength of deception. They are great in the strength of deceiving others and are empowered by the votes of the ignorant and by their own material wealth. Such asuras, devoid of self-realization and knowledge of Ishavasya, the Lord's universal proprietorship, are certain to enter into the darkest regions. This is exactly the condition of the materialists. The conclusion is that as human beings we are meant not simply for solving economic problems on a tottering platform, you know, tottering platform, you know, like, oh, 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 I cannot even stand properly, that kind of platform. <laughs> it's a tottering platform. This is a very, very risky platform. Anytime it can fail, it is actually, it is just waiting for failure. And that's what actually happened. You see our modern civilization, it was built on this so-called strong foundations of science and technology and one gram of virus came and just everything was everything was you know paralyzed that's a tottering platform um, <clears throat> so if say, just say imagine if everybody had their own land you may say there is not enough land on this world no that's wrong there is more than enough land in this on this planet to feed as Prabhupada said 10 times the current world population even if the population had increased to would increase to 70 billion people there is enough land to produce food, vegetarian food, not even meat, vegetarian food for all 70 billion. Never it is a problem of inadequacy because the Lord, Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate, He can produce unlimited, unlimited <coughs> supplies and send still, there is no question of inadequacy, that is completely out of the question. Because they do not understand God, they think it is uh, there is inadequacy. The inadequacy is because or the lack of supply, it's not inadequacy, the lack of supply is, is a deliberate withholding of the, the supply by the laws of nature because of our lack of Krishna consciousness. So, the, there is an inadequacy of Krishna consciousness, not of the actual supplies themselves. Mm. And if we are Krishna conscious, by the grace of Krishna, everything will be opulent. I will take you to that verse. This is a, actually there are similar other shlokas also in the Srimad Bhagavatam, but I know this, I remember this one, so I'll just, 1840, see, Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1, Chapter 8, Text 14, see, all these cities and villages, uh, this is Kunti Devi offering her prayers to Krishna. All these cities and villages are flourishing in all respects because of the herb, because the herbs and grains are in abundance. The trees are full of fruits, the rivers are flowing, the hills are full of minerals and the oceans full of wealth. And this is all due to your glancing over them. She is saying to Krishna, because Krishna your favorable glance is there, Therefore, all these real opulence of natural opulences and everybody is comfortable in their lives, not too much rain, not too less rain, 
and everything is just perfect and beautiful the hills the oceans the rivers the the you know the the ecosystem everything is so beautiful and natural and full of you know necessary supplies for human life and all this is because of your favorable glance so if the favorable glance of the lord is on us which will be if we engage in his devotional service everything will be supplied you know <clears throat> it's not that the days in the days of vedic times they did not have uh, you know the 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 opulences that we have now what opulences do we have now prabhupada said now they're eating on paper plates or now even worse plastic in those days they used to eat on golden plates you know golden plates <coughs> where they get got this all from because they were very pious and the supply was there uh, so the conclusion is that as human beings we are meant not simply for solving economic problems on a tottering platform but for solving all the problems of material life into which we have been placed by the laws of nature sometimes people think oh if we oh what will happen to the world if everybody just chants you know every, the whole world will come to a standstill and, and what what happened now the whole world is in standstill and not because everybody is chanting because everybody is not chanting that's why the world came to a standstill if the world everybody chants the world will not the world as we know we have shown that verse everything will be abundantly available the grains are in abundance the vegetables are in abundance fruits everything rivers flow, flowing nice clear water everything is in abundance and we can have everything and you know engage in self realization at the same time so that's so much peaceful life rather than all this you know completely a life full of anxieties so we will end this there and uh, we'll take questions if there are any i think there are some questions i've seen them okay we have quite a few questions let's try to run through them as soon as possible as fast as possible virendra prabhu question there is so much animal killing going on in world including cow killing are these meat eaters not killers of soul however those who fight and kill enemies to protect motherland is considered bravery and honored well okay good good question so yes they are killers of the soul because they are halting the progress of that soul those who are killing animals so what about those soldiers who actually kill they are considered uh, they are of i mean they are offered bravery awards and honorary awards what about them so it is still bad because although the government will reward them with all medals but because the government is not based on vedic principles on the ishavasa principles so their understanding of what is good and bad is based on their own sense gratification so based on their sense gratification they will go to a war you know not based on ishavasa principle whereas previously the kings used to go on a war when there is an actual a uh, transgression of religious principle like ramayana or mahabharat ram went to war um, the pandavas went to war because there was a religious transgression and that's why there was a war but today it is about oh this is my land that is new, your, your land you cannot come into my land you know this that is so this is my land your land this is not ishavasa conception so those wars are not actually um the same as the the mahabharat and ramayana no they are not so these are karma yuddha you know 
wars which take place because of the reactions of karma and the built up karma will come back on us in the form of wars or this virus pandemics or whatever it is natural disasters so this is on that classification in that classification the, the, the dharma yuddha so although they may be honored with bravery awards not according to the laws of nature though because they are not in the ishavasa conception only those who follow the, follow the ishavasa conception that means the universal proprietorship of the lord it's not my country it's not your country but if you are ruling not according to religious principles if, if you are taking them to hell you know if you are doing atmahana if you are if you are you know interfering with their spiritual progress oh yes then i will wage a war that used to be the war i mean the the criterion for going to war and that will not immediately first there will be a kind of talks and everything and it, if it escalates to a point where there is no other option but war first you know that's why there what is that sama dana bheda danda so there are all these political maneuvers first first there is talks and you know offering of gifts and you know getting to win over that person and try to settle it as amicably as possible first if everything fails then go to war in the end so that's how mahabharat also happened even krishna himself went to you know petition on the on behalf of the pandavas he went to the kauravas but they were not agreeable all that now the only thing is war so that is the proper way but these wars these bravery wars are not not really um in line with the ishavasa conception and therefore they fall apart eventually that those are counted as sins <coughs> ajanya mataji question if our words makes one angry or sad is it killing i have some students for home tuition when they make any mistakes i will use stick or scold some will cry is it sin equal to killing well um basically if you want a verse for this in the 17 see first of all anyway that 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 is part of your job sometimes children will you know need some reprimand reprimanding so that's another thing but again that's just teaching them some education so that's that's on a different thing we're talking about spiritual education so here 17.15 Bhagavad Gita Anudvega karam vakyam satyam priyahitam chayat Swadhyayabhyasanam chayva vanmayam tapa uchyate Austerity of speech consists of speaking words that are truthful, pleasing, beneficial and not agitating to others and also in regularly reciting Vedic literature. So in the purport, one should not speak in such a way as to agitate the minds of others. Of course, when a teacher speaks, he can speak the truth for the instruction of his students but, but such a teacher should not speak to those who are not his students if he will agitate their minds this is penance as far as talking is concerned so <clears throat> so in teaching there will be some kind of disciplining involved so that is that is there but then again you know uh, that is your tuition your work so that's another thing but especially while preaching um so it is not of course killing it is not killing you know some disciplining needs to be there but otherwise the children will be you know all over the place um but satyam bruyat satyam bruyat priyam bruyat as the saying goes if we one has to speak truth and speak it pleasingly pleasurably um not agitatingly but sometimes people are agitated by the truth um what is that uh, chanakya pandit said 
that payapanam bhujanganam kevalam vishavardhanam upadeshohi murkhanam prakopaya nashantaye. So he said that um, if you give instruction to a fool, he will not be interested, he will not take any benefit from it. In fact, he will get angry, he will get agitated by such instruction or such advice. And uh, therefore, um, sometimes we have to meet these kind of people, you know, in the course of our preaching. We sometimes have to meet people and then sometimes they are agitated. What can be done? You know, that's, that's part of preaching. You know, as far as possible, of course, we will try our best not to agitate. But then, sometimes, you don't think it will agitate, but they will agitate. That's just, if somebody's ego is so big, then he's easily agitated. If one is humble, he is not agitated. He will take it in the positive way. Uh, yes, okay, I have to learn, I have to learn. So, but if I am not, if I'm, if my ego is too huge, then the slightest advice even, not even reprimanding, even just like, a, like an advice, oh, one cannot take it at all. So, this is murkha, this is foolish behavior. Um, it is not, um, it is also, it also depends on how the student takes it. So, if, it, if the ego is too high, then... Even, a, even an instruction which is otherwise beneficial will agitate him, although the um, teacher doesn't like to agitate. Actually, there is a nice um, um, story in the life of Gaurgishwar Das Babaji, 12th chapter of his life, I mean the 12th chapter in the biography book of his life, where I will just briefly tell it. So. This man, he came to him, I think I have told this many times, some of you might already know the story. So, this man, he came to Gaurgishwar Das Babaji and in, for instruction about Krishna consciousness. But he heard some harsh words from him. And then he, he thought, I will never, I will never um, talk to this man, this sadhu again. He is scolding me, you know, he is using these harsh words which are so painful, I, I can't take it. Then he left. And after a few months, did you hear that? thunder, <laughs> it's raining heavily here, so it's quite loud, so the harsh words of the sadhu may feel like that, like a thunder, you know, doof, you know like <laughs> big sound, so, um, <clears throat> so he went away and that is one of the symptoms of a devotee, vajradapikathora kusumadapikamala, harder than the thunderbolt but softer than the rose, you know, two aspects of the devotees characteristics or character he is hard you know actually he is not hard he will explain now Gaurakishwadas Babaji will explain the whole thing so that person left his association and after a few months he came back then Gaurakishwadas Babaji asked oh you have come back yeah I, actually I went away because I came for some instruction in Krishna consciousness but then I heard these harsh words and I couldn't tolerate those words and I thought of doing my own individual, I mean, on my own uh, devotional service without having any sadhu sangha. But uh, it has become very difficult to do that and so I have come back again uh, in hope for Krishna conscious advice. Then Gaurakishwadas Babaji said, mm, you want advice? Let me tell you this, that ordinary materialists, day and night they are working for their families, for their wives, the, their children. They are working hard day and night. 
and every day still the children the family members they rebuke him oh you have not done this you have not done that for the family you have not done this and you know, still so many complaints and all those harsh words he takes it and still doesn't leave them because of his attachment for them until the end of life he is with them even though he is trying his best hmm. and still they come at him and then still he doesn't leave them but here when he meets a saintly person who speaks seemingly harsh words aimed at the maya that is haunting that materialistic person in order to dispel the maya he speaks harsh words for his own benefit for the benefit of that person but then the person takes the sadhu as an enemy he considers him an enemy and never wishes to see him for his entire for his entire life then he went on saying that sadhus who speak such harsh language are the real friends because they really care for you they really care for your advancement um they they don't flatter you they if they flatter you they will just keep you in this material world but when they correct you they will actually they are opening the doors of vaikuntha for you so the words of the sadhu just like a sorcerer a ghost buster sometimes you know he the tantric he will he will shout at that person who is haunted by ghosts he will shout get out from there now i tell you you get out you know he will shout at the person but he is not shouting at the person who is affected by the ghost he is shouting at the ghost but of course he looks at the person who is haunted by the ghost so the same way when a sadhu does such i mean uses seemingly harsh words actually a sadhu just says it but for that person it's very harsh because the ego the ego so um it's very harsh on him and it's not actually directed at him it is directed at that maya which is haunting like a ghost and because of which the ego is so big and crushes that ego crushes that maya and if a, if a, if the devotee can take that and understand that it is actually removing my maya and it's not actually it is not hate towards me Uh, a sadhu operates not from a platform of hate no ichha dvesha both are not there for the sadhu a devotee he does not praise somebody because he likes him or um, or you know chastises somebody or you know, criticizes somebody because he he hates him no he always wishes well for everybody but just like a parent if the child does something wrong and a parent just allows it oh my child you are such a sweet boy you have stolen this thing from the neighbor's house oh you are such a gem of a person you know if the parent says that what will happen to the child when he grows and becomes an adult he will become a first class bank robber or you know like like really high tech robber you know that will be the end result so is just feeding the venom feeding feeding them milk to the snake increasing the venom so if but if the mother says what is this nonsense come on you know and then beat the child you know once and then ask go give give it back to the owner now give it back to the neighbor now then he will remember for the rest of his life the tight slap that he got i remember so many tight slaps that i got from my parents <laughs> and i can't i can't forget those lessons because i received those tight slaps it hurts <laughs> it definitely hurts but in the long run it is very very beneficial so we we should this is something which i see among devotees also who are not very experienced uh, 
they they can't take chastisement they can't take correction they can't take something which is beneficial for them and that is a dangerous platform to be in we have to always invite in fact it will be good if every day morning we can pray to shri prabhupada and krishna please get some vaishnava to chastise me today i want to hear some chastisement so that i can correct something which i have been doing wrong all the way so that i can go one step forward in my devotional life if we can pray like this and that will be what is the meaning of you know beating the mind 100 times in the morning with a with the shoes and beating with with the broomstick 100 times in the night bhakti siddhant saraswati thakur said this what does that mean to to beat our mind chastise our mind hey dushtaman tumi kiser vaishnav tumi kiser vaishnav pratishtharta re nirjaner ghare tava hare naam keval kaitav you 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 just Uh, want adoration you just want the praise from everybody and you are not interested in devotional service this is this is um, you you are you just a cheat you are just a charlatan devotee so in this way he is chastising his mind so if we don't have the power to chastise our own mind like that um, then let us pray may some devotee chastise me today hmm. because it is hard to chastise ourselves because we are too uh, what is that abhimana you know the the self pride you know that pride that we have in ourselves we think we are like the best devotees you know we are best ever you know the world has we are the best devotees the world has ever seen you know like <laughs> so the ego is so swelled that we can't take chastisement so we should pray please prabhupada krishna please let some devotee chastise me today that will be a good prayer that is a good prayer actually and if we can take chastisement like that or oh, we will be gems the devotee will become a gem and you know um sundar gopal prabhu always used to tell us this whenever he chastises us in the beginning you know after that then he again gives us beneficial instructions and then he will say this example that sandpaper is rough but you know a gem is made polishing and shining because when you get it from the ore the gem is not like shining and you know wow no it it looks horrible it just it looks dull i mean so when the when the sandpaper thing is done and then finally the gem shines like anything wow this is so smooth this is so nice so shining but how did it becomes like that because of the sandpaper now the sandpaper rubbing is not very not very nice to feel you know when you rub sandpaper on your skin what will happen but that will make us a gem a shining gem of a devotee so we should always invite these things these are these are actually blessings in disguise and actually i want to do a series of all the instances all the stories in the bhagavatam chaitanya charitamrita of, of chastisement it's just something i'm thinking but you know my memory with stories is not so good if you know me well enough so i don't remember the exact details of each story sometimes that's why i want to brush up all those and then maybe make a series of chastisement <laughs> so that will be a good series because it is it is important for us to invite this criticism especially as devotees <clears throat> okay well that's a long answer but you know i wanted to keep it short but it just goes then um virendra prabhu's question mas mam plus ansh mansh in this birth you kill me in your next birth i shall kill you when you take birth in a, as an as, as animal is it true not every time not every time it's true because some are just 
they are just climbing in the revolutionary cycle but some are human beings who have killed animals and who take birth as animals no, so not every time that's why you see there are so many animals in the wild they are they are not killed but the animals that are reared and you know in farms and sent for slaughterhouses they are killed you know so these are all souls who have eaten animals before now they are killed ajanya mataji actually the mode of consciousness determines the person's varna is it yes the general overarching mode of that person not that today he is in, in this mood of a brahmana and today is a brahmana and tomorrow he feels like a kshatriya and therefore he is a kshatriya and suddenly he feels like a shudra and then he is a shudra not not like this the general aptitude of the person not the the, the fluctuating moods day day by day or minute by minute those mood swings don't define a person but the general general kind of attitude or the aptitude you know the guna and karma that define the person's character those are the ones which which determines the person's varna ajanya mataji if our body affected by some health issues is it due to our karma yes then how the physician can help us to cure it is the physician sharing his punya in the form of his knowledge about medicines can you understand and prabhu what i asked yes i do understand so yes it is definitely um karma but then there is also ayurveda which is um the medicine but then again the medicine will not work um without the sanction of the lord because the same treatment two persons take and one person recovers and some person does not right or some person takes it longer and some person takes it shorter so therefore even ayurveda Yeah, Prabhupada mentions in one of the, one of his purports that aushadhi chintayet vish vishnum. So the aushadhi means the aushadham means the medicine. The person who is taking the medicine, the aushadhi, he has to think of Vishnu when he is taking it. So the prayer should be that this this medicine will only work if if you want it to work. Otherwise, it is not going to work. So I just um, oh my iPad crashed. Okay, well that's weird. <laughs> Everything is just crashed. My iPad also crashed. I didn't expect that to happen. Hmm. Okay, let me see. I'll just disconnect and connect it for a while. Okay, it's still crashed. Hmm. Okay, I think the iPad also wants me to stop the class. You know what? <laughs> so anyway we will continue yeah this uh, vishwam prabhu has quoted a nice verse here um we will put that on the screen chanakya pandit is saying this lalane bahavo doshas taadane bahavo gunah तस्मा पुत्र शिष्य चाहिए chanakya pandit so this is um, what we need to understand okay now ipad seems to be working now okay good 
let's see if it can be put on the screen let's see oh so going to the next question what, what was the question did I even yeah so the medicine oops <laughs> sorry about that so it's just behaving a little weird because it's tired I think from the class <clears throat> okay good <laughs> so I have kind of chastised the iPad so that it has listened and come back to the screen <laughs> so chastisement is good you know <laughs> so um, so yeah when he gives the medicine it's, it's again uh, I wanted to show this verse by Prahlad Maharaj it's only on the the um, will of the supreme that the medicine will act although there is a medicine but then it will only act if Krishna wills so but then we can take a medicine of course hmm? my Lord Narsimadev, O Supreme, because of a bodily conception of life, embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. Whatever remedies they accept, although perhaps temporarily beneficial, are certainly impermanent. For example, a father and mother cannot protect their child, a physician and medicine cannot relieve a suffering patient, and a boat in the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. So ultimately, it depends on the will of the Lord. But then, it is said that uh, we can take medicine, we should take medicine, and not disturb the Lord unnecessarily, you know, oh, save me from this disease, save me from that. We should take whatever, so the Lord has already given you know, what will reduce the disease. Again, if he wills, if his karma allows again. So, we should take his direction and take the medicine. Okay, fine. Just get your body back in order. Engage in service. So, <clears throat> again, so Virendra Prabhu question. You said about Atmahana. Do atheists, communists, demons, demigod worshippers are Atmahana since they are not Krishna conscious? Yeah, yeah, they are. Vijay Sharma Prabhu, do the different yugas also happen on the different planets? Example, does Kali Yuga happen on the sun planet? In which case, there might be a reduction of devotees during that period on the sun planet. Okay. The yugas do happen, but not in the way that they happen on earth. So, the difference in heavenly planets and earthly planets is that the in the heavenly planets, in Kali Yuga, for example, now there are no yagyas that are going on. In previous yugas the yagnas used to happen and then the demigods used to get their share of the yagnic performances by the people on the earth and other planets lower planets so that they will not receive so their material enjoyment or their you know that that share of sacrifice that they would get is lesser mm. and then they are starved like that you know not starved exactly but it is a lesser amount of sense gratification for them but they are all devotees still, but just that the effect of Kali Yuga is lesser in the higher planets, but it is still there. They don't receive their share of sacrifices. Just like um, Yudhishthir Maharaja's sacrifice, Rajasu Yajna, the demigods came down all the way here to attend his you know, ceremony. But now the Brahmanas are not qualified, the Kshatriyas are not qualified, nothing is qualified. Everybody is just like very dirty, 
no purification, no purity here. So they're not interested to come here and there's no share of sacrifice, there's no sacrifice. So they just a bit, um, I would say not so, you know, uh, happy about the whole situation. Uh, it's like that. The wives of the <laughs> demigods though, they prayed to Lord Buddha to come in Kali Yuga so that he will stop this Vedic, you know, sacrifices. Nindasi yajna vide rahaha sruti jatam. Because of the yajna process being stopped, the demigods won't go so, so that they can have their husbands always with them. So they prayed for Kali Yuga to come quickly on earth um, so they can have their husbands to themselves. So otherwise they have to always go out and attend these ceremonies in different planets and all that. So, these things are going on. So, but still they are not devotees. It's not exactly a reduction of devotees there. You can't go. Urdhvam gachanti sattvastha. So, in, in, the, in the higher planets, you have to be in the sattvagun. If you are too much in the rajogun, you will be condemned. Like for example, Naradmuni. You know how Naradmuni became a uh, Sudra, Sudra, Sudrani's son? In fact, the Sudrani, the mother of Naradmuni did not know who, there was no mention of the who the father was. Just the mother and the son. That means she was like that kind of woman. She was, you know, low, low grade. Shudrani. So, Narad Muni was born of that Shudrani. But why? You know what his previous life was before he was a Shudra's son? He was actually a Gandharva. He was in the heavenly planets. Gandharvas are very, very good singers. Exceptional singers in the heavenly planets. So, um, as a Gandharva, he was glorifying the nature, you know, like, he was not singing anything bad, like, in, in, even in the, in the, like, you know, nowadays songs are full of the vulgar words and, you know, uh, bad words. So, the, it's not, it was not that kind of song. It was just about nature, you know, where, and the demigods condemned him. What nonsense you are singing? Why are you not singing about uh, Krishna? What is his nature and all this? Where, where is Krishna in this? Get out! You 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 don't be, uh, you don't deserve to be a Gandharva. You be born as a Shudra. They cursed him. He was cursed to become a Shudra, being a Gandharva because he did not sing about Krishna. So, Suraya Suraya means devotees. All the demigods they are all devotees. It's not that there will be any reduction in the devotees there, but it's just that they will not receive the share of the sacrifice. That's what happen, happens in the heavenly planets. Virendra. Um, Question, Virendra Prabhu, is Maya the wind which acts against the sail or boat of bhakti which makes us cross material ocean? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Maya is not the wind which acts against the sail or boat of bhakti. No. The wind is only one direction towards the kingdom of God, towards Vaikuntha. When, why we feel it against is because we are turned against. We want to go this way, to the, this shore. We want to go back to the, our material shore. We don't want to go to the other shore, which is the spiritual world. So that's why that turning of us, the 100, 180 degrees turn, that is Maya. But Maya also is towards Krishna only because the punishments that she gives is for our benefit. So that we may be eventually purified and come to the point of understanding that I shouldn't go this way in, in the path of sense gratification. I should go towards Krishna. So that's why it is against us. But the same Maya will become Yoga Maya if one goes towards, if one faces towards the kingdom of God. The same wind will help him go forward. Whereas 
if he turns against the same wind, but it will go against him. So, Maya is not exactly uh, an opposite force, although it is sometimes treated as like that. But Maya, Durga, is actually a servant, a maid servant of Krishna. So, a prison warden, he, he punishes the prisoners. It's not that he is he's against the government's, uh, um, what is that, mission. He is also a part of the government only. He is punishing because they have gone against the law. So, it is us going against the instructions of Krishna, which is why we feel that wind is against us and all these calamities that happen in Maya, in this material world, all the distresses that happen is because of, not because of all the, anything else, it's because we have turned 180 degrees from the Lord. That's why we face it. And Maya is actually the against wind. But actually, it's the same wind. If we just turn this way towards the kingdom of God, the same wind will actually help us go towards Krishna. So, she turns into Yoga Maya then. The same Maya will become favorable. You know, like for example, uh, a, a materialist, when he loses somebody or when something untoward happens, like, okay, Prabhupada's example in his life, he lost a business. He was cheated by his manager and he lost the business. Now, an ordinary person would go into depression or would be very, very, very you know, depressed with the whole thing in distress. But Prabhupada was encouraged. Why? Because he thought, oh, Krishna has removed my material attachments. Now I can fully think of, you know, preaching and, um, you know, um, he has removed my material attachment for this. Although he wanted to do that business to get money to print books and, you know, expand the movement. That was his intention. But still, he said, maybe this was an attachment that Krishna wanted to cut away. So he has cut away my last attachment. Now I can just, just concentrate on preaching and let Krishna supply me whatever money or whatever is required for preaching. So, just me just depend on Krishna. So, he's to, he took it as an encouragement. A materialist would take the same thing as a discouragement. So, it's not something different that would happen. It's the same thing. But because the devotee's orientation is different, it is towards the Lord, therefore everything becomes favorable. Even the worst calamity. It is only a calamity when we are against the wind. <laughs> but if we go with the wind, it is not, it's not a calamity. It's fine. In fact, it will be a greater boost. Suppose there is a storm this way, you know, or heavy wind this way against us. Oh, that is a heavy thing to face. But if we are this way and the same wind will accelerate our progress towards the kingdom of God. Oh, that's that's more than welcome, well, more than welcome, right? So, that's how a devotee takes so-called calamities because his orientation is towards Krishna. And therefore, those calamities become even greater boosters of his spiritual life, spiritual uh, practice than the so-called happy times which are less intense. Uh, so, Ajani Mataji is asking, added to her question, okay. I mean, if a person is suffering, someone will come to help him. I think he can help the suffering person because he is less sinful than the suffering person. Is it right? Well, not exactly. Not exactly. I don't say the doctors are very pious. Sometimes they have to... For example, uh, uh, um, what is that? Uh, woman doctor? What is it called? Uh, gynecologist, yeah. He would commit so many abortions, especially in Kali Yuga. Um, so, that's not very, really pious. And he may be a meat eater, so not pious again. So, it is just a process. It is just a process that is there. And the, the medical process. You know, <clears throat> The doctors, teachers, if uh, farmers, politicians, social servants can help to reduce the suffering of person. 
even if for short duration of time because they are less sinful than a suffering person is it right or is it more on a mental speculation it's uh, more on the side of mental speculation <laughs> because they are not pious or anything it is just a process that is given but if we follow it perfectly then results will be perfect if we don't follow it perfectly then the results will be imperfect and it also depends on our karma hmm? uh, it depends on our karma even if the doctor is completely pious but if my karma is not good he cannot help me it is not that he is transferring some of his karma not like that it's not exactly each is suffering what is that karmani nirdahati kintu cha bhakti bhajam what is that yastvindragopa mathavendra mahosva karma svakarma bandhano rupa phala bhajana matanoti everyone from indra to the indra gopa insect all are just we are all suffering our own karmas it is not that one karma is bleeding over to another's karma no 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 Virendra Prabhu, if demoniac sinful quality people are increasing in Kali Yuga, then how can devotees preach Krishna consciousness and increase bhakti in this world? That is the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Patita Pavan Hetu. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission is to preach to the fallen and deliver the fallen. Jagai Madhai. So, his Harinam, that's why the name of Krishna is so powerful. Patakam Pataki Naraha. He, the holy name can, you know, um, save us from all the sins that we have committed and have, can possibly commit in the future also. So, the holy name is so powerful. So, that's why spreading of the Sankirtan movement is the most effective and the most uh, powerful way that people can be rid of their sins. So, therefore, Sankirtan movement has to be done. Preaching has to be done. Ayapa Prabhu. Uh, Hare Krishna Prabhu, does Saivites are, are Mayavadis? I mean, there are many sects of Saivism like Nayanmars. Are they considered that God is Shiva and He is only in form? Well, mostly Shiva's followers become Mayavadis because they adhere to Shankaracharya's philosophy. But then they, some, some people also believe Shiva is God. Basically, they are confused. They do not know for sure because they don't they have conclusive knowledge from the Vedas, from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the essence of the Vedas. So, um, their understanding is faulty. Anybody who doesn't take Krishna consciousness from the authorized parampara system, then his understanding is always clouded with doubts and with you know unclear understanding all these things so they are some are mayavadis something lord shiva is god something everybody is god so these things are there actually this is mentioned there are different classes of people um what is that yeah ninth chapter i think it's okay let us start with 13. Okay, 9.13 is Mahatmanas to Maampartha Daivim Prakriti Mashrita Bhajantyananya Manaso Gyatva Bhutadimavyayam O son of Pritha, those who are not deluded, the great souls, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. So, these are devotees. Hmm? Hmm. Then, they also chant Satatam kirtayantomam yatantascha dhrivrata namascantascha maam bhakta bhaktya nitya yukta upasate. Always chanting my glories, endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. Now, next verse. Jnana yajnana chapyanye yajantomam upasate ekatvena prithaktvena bahudha vishvato mukham. These are the other kinds of people who have different conceptions of God. You see, others, others, anye who engage in sacrifice by the cultivation of knowledge, worship the Supreme Lord as the one without a second, hmm? 
as diverse in many and in the universal form so they are impersonalist they are also in the universe they or the universe you know they think the universe is god or in the universal form uh, they advaitam one without a second you know like advaitam and all this mayavadis they come into the, and diverse in many that they think all are god ganesh is god shiva is god durga is god krishna is god everybody is god so this kind of these kind of imperfect understandings are there and um such worshipers are so saivites sometimes fall into multiple of these categories you know anybody who is not a vaishnava a pure vaishnava sometimes even i see vaishnavas contaminated with demigod worship that means they are not following the vaishnava principles properly so a pure vaishnava he does not become bewildered in this way okay next question ayappa um so all disciples of iskon and gaudiamatha are fake and fake cult people would go to hell is there any punishment in garuda puran what is what punishment they would receive i don't know that statement of ishopanishad is there and bhagavatam 6.7.14 is there what kind of punishment exactly i don't know but as long as you know the destination is hell it's not going to be it's not going to be good so that's why we should we should understand that we should not mislead people we should follow ourselves honestly and guide others in also the same way <coughs> virendra prabhu why in the beginning devotional service churns out halahal or poison in the form of lethargy anarthas that manifest in execution of bhakti but gradually a devotee starts experiencing nectar and happiness by his execution of bhakti in latter stages because anarthas are there no those anarthas are blocking you know so all that just like um, gold when you take it from the ore it is not shining it's not anywhere at, as attractive as it is in the jewelry shop so um but chemical process the whole process of cleansing has to happen so chetodharpana marjanam so as we in the beginning you know we have all these anarthas or dirty things unwanted things that are hindering our progress and that's why we we experience all these lethargy or whatever it is so but by attentively chanting um then all these things will go and also um serving vaishnavas uh, and serving the, their instructions so these things actually help us in you know cleansing our heart so in that way we will um, get purified more and more and more and hearing and chanting all these things has to, have to be done otherwise we will go back into maya hmm. <clears throat> in the latter stages of course as one becomes more and more purified the you know the the affection for the lord everything the enthusiasm for devotional service everything increases is it an exam or, illu- or, or illusion exam of illusion yeah i mean we will be tested in our devotional progress yeah it, it is in a kind of exam so we have to pass it we have to always keep an association of devotees then we will pass wow still so many questions ajanya mataji if one is simply chanting harinam full time with chanting only can one person attain vaikuntha yes but we are not qualified we are not on that level namagane sadaruchi we cannot that's why prabhupada stipulated 16 rounds because we are not qualified if we were qualified prabhupada would have said now 192 rounds but we are not qualified like haridas thakur even 64 rounds who can chant steadily maybe one day two days you know after that his mouth will pain you know <laughs> mouth will pain in fact it is said it without advancement if one tries to chant so much then he will he, the pitta increases the you know one will become sick actually because he is not chanting out of you know so uh, therefore artificially we can't do these things it has to be coming from within 
and um, we can't do every day, whole day. So therefore, Krishnarthe Akhila Cheshta, different kinds of engagements in Krishna's service. Sometimes chanting, sometimes reading, sometimes cooking, sometimes sweeping, sometimes preaching, you know, book distribution, deity worship. In this way, so many different um, ways. Krishnarthe Akhila Cheshta, different, different, you know, uh, uh, occupation, not occupation, different kinds of services. Hmm? Engagements, yeah, engagements in Krishna's service. Um, Virendra Prabhu, can you define self-realization and how to attain it? Well, to understand one is not the body and is the soul, to understand that he is a servant of Krishna and to engage in the service of Krishna. That is self-realization. In short, because I want to be short because that's a huge topic. It can be elaborated to any length. The whole Vedas is full of self-realization. But in short, this is the thing. You have to understand that we are not this body. Disassociate ourselves from the material idea, a conception of our existence. So, I am the soul and then what is the soul? So, when we are thinking that we are the body, we are thinking in terms of our nationality, our race, our family and once we come out of that, so now what I am related to? Okay, now I am related to Krishna. That is the next. Next, to engage in that relationship, you know, in actual serving Krishna and then finally achieving love of Godhead which is the prayojan, which is the aim of the whole thing. So, that is self-realization in a nutshell. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, uh, material sense gratification ideas was created to prevent worship of God. So, I will now walk the dog. Yeah. So, if one engages in sense gratification, he walks the dog life and if he engages in Krishna consciousness, he walks the God's life, you know, godly life. Harsha Gupta, Harsha Gupta, how to stop Overthink, I think overthinking. How to stop overthinking? To have knowledge. To have knowledge. Because, and I don't know if you know the story of the donkey who died of um, not being able to make a decision. You know, this donkey was here. 100 yards to his left was, you know, a pile of grass, you know, hay. And on the 100 yards here, another pile of grass. Now he was thinking, which way should I go? This way or this way? Or this way? Or this way? Maybe if I go this way, will there be more food that way? You know, after I eat all this grass, maybe I, maybe will there be more food there or will there be more food this side? Um, well, uh, how is the weather on that side? You know, uh, maybe that will become, if, if I go that way, maybe there is, there will be a drought or there will be a famine or will there be rain there or here? In this way, he was analyzing, basically. He was analyzing and analyzing until he died. He did not eat. He was just analyzing and analyzing and died. <laughs> the donkey died because of, you know, indecisiveness, because, you know, overthinking. So, we overthink because we don't know what is the truth. So, we just have to know the truth and walk the path of truth. Now, once we get information from Krishna, from Bhagavad Gita, from a pure devotee, then we know what to do. Just do it. Just do it. Why, what, what to overthink about? Chant Hare Krishna. Chant, start your chanting. Chant. Read every day. That's why there is nothing left to our thinking anymore. It is just a process given to us, into our hands, spoon-fed by the Acharya. Just take it. You know, just take it. 
we have the Harinam, we have the four regulatory principles that we have to follow, we have the association of devotees, we have the scriptures, we have everything. We just have to hold that, hold on to that, you know, rope of devotion, you know, then that's it, our success is guaranteed. We just have to hold that. Why, why overthinking? Hmm. Overthink happens when we are in doubt. And for the doubting soul, there's happiness nowhere. And no perfection. You know that verse, right? 440 of Bhagavad Gita. Agyas chashraddha dhanascha samshayatma vinashyati nayam lokosti naparo nasukham samshayatmanaha but ignorant and faithless persons who doubt the revealed scriptures do not attain God consciousness. They fall down. For the doubting soul, there is happiness neither in this world nor in the next. So, that is overthinking. So, uh, animal killing is sin, then plants kill how Prabhu? Okay, I understand your question. <laughs> so, he is asking, animal killing is sin, what about plant killing? Is that also not sin? So, yeah, it is sin. So, unless we offer it to Krishna, is not piety. So, everything is sin. Of course, Prabhupada also said that it is not as grave a sin as killing animals because the human life, the food meant for us is plants. But then again, if we eat those plants in the mood of sense gratification, then that is still sin. That's why in the three chapter 3, text 13, it is said, Yajnasishtasana Santo. We have to offer it to Krishna then eat the prasadam and that is sinless food. Now, if somebody says, no, I, yeah, so that's good. Okay, I will offer meat to Krishna and I will eat that is prasadam meat. No, no. Krishna said in the 9th chapter 26th verse, patram pushpam phalam toyam. So, in this categories, in the vegetarian category, leaf, flower, fruit, water, in this way, then I will eat. He, he did not say meat. If he said that would have been a different thing, but he did not say it. So, we can't eat it. We can't offer meat to Krishna. We can only um, meat, offer meat to, I mean, we can offer, offer only vegetables to Krishna. In the med- and also milk. He showed by his own example how he ate butter, how he ate yogurt, how he ate, drank milk. So, milk and vegetarian food, that is what needs to be offered to Krishna. So, without Krishna, Krishna, I mean, without prasadam, everything is sin, even plants or animals. Then Krishna Smaranam Prabhu, uh, question. I understand that the soul from the monkey, cow and lion next appearance will be in the womb of ignorance, good goodness and passion. What is the understanding of the particular mode Appearing in the human of ignorant, good and passion nature. Okay. What happens to it? Okay, wait. Let me understand the question. I understand that the soul from monkey, yes. Next life, they will get a human form in ignorance, passion, goodness or passion. What is the understanding of the particular mode appearing in the human form or, or in the... I'm sorry. Appearing in the human of ignorant, good and passion nature. Well, I don't really understand the question. What is the understanding of the particular mode appearing in the human of ignorant? Well, there are symptoms of, you know, all the symptoms are mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. What are the symptoms of an ignorant person in the mode of ignorance, passion and goodness? So, okay, for those of you who do not know what he's talking about, the first part I understand. So, Prabhupada said this, that there must have been some Shastric references. Um, like, the souls go from one body to the next, to the next, to the next, higher. So, when they come to the human form of life, they come from three particular animals. In the, that means, in the previous life, there were three animals. So, the, more, the, uh, the cow, in the next life, you will get the uh, body of a human being in the mode of goodness. The lion, in the next life, he will get a human body in the mode of passion. And the monkey, 
will get next life a human body in the mode of ignorance. So this is this is something that was told by Prabhupada. Definitely there would have been some Sastric references, but I do not know if there is a uh, I do not know any shloka in my knowledge. Maybe somebody would know. Um, but this is there. But I, the other part of the question I don't really understand. I'm very sorry about that. Krishna Smaranam Prabhu asks again, what happens to a ship with 100 captains? Well, they are not captains. <laughs> they are, it's, it's, it's mayhem. You know, it's a mayhem. That's not, <laughs> if everybody becomes a captain, then, you know, the boat will capsize. <laughs> so, a ship or a boat with 100 captains capsizes. So, as they say, um, um, what is that? Um, too many cooks, too many chefs spoil a dish, you know, something like that. So that's what will happen. So the, the, of course, we can have Shiksha Guru, many Shiksha Gurus and one Diksha Guru, but th- those are not ex- exactly many captains because they all guide us in the same way. That is not many captains. But if each is directing us in their own ways, yes, then the boat will capsize. Well, uh, Ayyapa Prabhu, okay, does, if we get suffering from materialistic people, does our karma get reduced? Yes. So, with each suffering, with each enjoyment, just like, Tetam Bhuktva Svargalokam Vishalam, Kshine Punye Martilokam Vishanti. So, when one, ha- uh, I mean, commits pious activities, he goes to the heavenly planets, and after um, exhausting his results of piety, he will come back to this earthly planet. Similarly, if one commits sinful activities, he will go to the hellish planets, he will exhaust his sinful reactions and again come back slowly in the evolutionary process in the animals and all the way to the humans again. So, yeah, we when we suffer something, that means that result of that karma is experienced and gone, that is reduced by, by that one um, reaction. So, each time we experience something, happiness or distress, it is a reduction of karma, but if we keep on sowing more and more seeds of karma, we are on the unending cycle of karma, chain of karma. So, we have to stop further, um, you know, um, sowing of seeds of karma. So, therefore, we have to engage in devotional service now, so that, you know, we are free from this chain of karmic reactions. And as Prabhupada said, when you stop, switch the fan off, then it will still keep on turning until it comes to a halt so but if the electricity i'm what i'm saying current and electricity i said electricity okay if the electricity is still on if the if the electricity is still coming into the fan it will keep on turning so we have to stop the switch so that means to stop the karma means to engage in devotional service then only we can stop the karma that's why in the second verse it was kurvan neveha karmani jiji vishay chatam sama if we So if we work in the Ishavasa conception, the universal proprietorship of the Lord and everything for the pleasure of Krishna, if we think like this and work like this, then yes, we have stopped the switch of further karmic reaction. And the fan will turn, yes, for a while and then after that it will stop. It will become slower and slower and slower and slower. So like that, our karma will creep on reducing our, our reaction, our, our experiences of karmic reactions will reduce and reduce and completely come to a standstill, completely. Okay, um, how to stop overthinking an unsteady mood? Yeah, basically you have to um, 
unsteady mood the yeah so chant hari krishna become established in devotional service then all these things we can be easily you know handled um harsh gupta he again added how to stop overthinking and unsteady mood in mind yeah so we have covered that gaurav gaurav prabhu <coughs> he is asking hari krishna prabhu ji related to question about shiva the devotees of shiva reach shiva loka outside this material world well not exactly not many worshipers of lord shiva actually are on that platform where they can go to shiva loka because those in the mode of ignorance it is said in the second chapter a uh, second canto of bhagavad uh, shrimad bhagavatam um third chapter verses second to seventh and also in other places also prabhupad mentioned that those in the mode of ignorance they worship lord shiva so basically these people they are demons you know in the mode of ignorance you you won't go to any, anywhere near sada shiva loka also you know so they want their material benefits you know they are not really pure hearted very very few actually go to the sada shiva loka majority of them just one material benefits so they don't go there they don't go there <clears throat> they are in a, and you see how those vrikasura you know he was he wanted to get his benediction of whomever he touches they will become ashes so in this way they they pray to shiva for all these kinds of ulterior motives ravana you know he was he was praying to lord shiva only if one prays sincerely to lord shiva and eventually by his mercy lord shiva's mercy he will be directed to vaishnavas who will um, elevate him to vaishnavism to worship of lord vishnu but those with materialistic desires they will just like you know uh be in the material world so harsh gupta's next question how to get absorbed in your goal first of all get your goal clear first goal of life should only be to reach krishna nothing else should be your goal if your goal is anything different then you are asking for trouble you will you will there's no point in even being focused on that goal because it's just going to be going to hell so first of all our goal has to be defined our goal should only be the the entire goal of human life is to go go back to krishna so we should not have any other goal first of all and then you take guidance from the acharya from the devotees and how to progress on this path that is how you should do it then you will be absorbed you know all right so thank you very much that was a very very long session um but thank you all for sticking by and i was i'm sorry for that uh, confusion in the beginning of the link being becoming expired and all that so i will i will make sure it doesn't happen um so from tomorrow onwards all right thank you very much shri shopanishad ki jai shri prabhupad ki jai anantakori vaishnavrind ki jai nitai gaur primanande hari hari bol hari krishna